If you're watching this on video, you'll see my black glasses I'm wearing. They're by Genesee, G-E-N-U-S-E-E.com, an eyewear company out of Flint, Michigan, founded, owned, and operated by my friend, Ali Rose. They employ the structurally unemployable locals and recently incarcerated. They are made from recycled plastic water bottles. They're the first eyewear brand in the U.S. to be completely circular economy. They donate 1% of their net proceeds to Flint Kids Fund, aiding in the long-term health and development of those affected by the Flint water crisis. I really like them. I wear them all the time. They're female-founded. They check a lot of boxes of things that I support, and they offered you guys a discount of, I think, 20%, something like that. So type in tea with SG at www.genesee.com, G-E-N-U-S-E-E.com, and get yourself a pair. I'm here with Zuri Washington, who is one part of the collective uh, group of uh, at Black Adulton, which is an Instagram account, a Facebook group, but you know, much more importantly, many, many more things in our corporeal universe. Uh, I went to the Dalton School on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I have I've referred to it a million times for my own, you know, my my, my own personal traumas. But there is an entire, there's a gigantic conversation going on right now, and I'm thrilled it's happening. And I felt it was my, honestly, privilege more than obligation to go direct and um, and invite invite you on to talk about it. So Zuri, what 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 brought about the the group the the account? Well, um, Black at Brearley was really the inspiration. Um, and I know that I'm not the person who personally started the page, but, um, but I was brought on um, to the team. And there's just so much angst attached to people's experiences as people of color and especially Black people at Dalton. Um, Dalton has a history of uh, propping itself up as the bastion of uh, diversity when it comes to the private school system in New York City. And they um, have hidden beneath kind of a veneer of, uh, of, of diversity and of uh, attempting to be a diverse population and a diverse body, but they really don't put their money where their mouth is um, in a lot of respects. And the culture that is uh, that is promulgated uh, in these communities, in these uh, upper echelon private high school communities is really harmful to black students and black teachers um, as well, um, but especially to black students who don't have a voice and you know we're children what 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 verbiage do we have to be able to fight the powers that be <laughs> um yeah. and uh and really speak to that so as a collective black at dalton we are attempting to start the conversation and really uh get the ball rolling um as it were between all factions of the black community specifically in our conversation to Dalton going forward as they address their uh, their uh, social constructs, their curricula, their um, 
the way that they penalize students of color versus how they penalize white students who have who come from affluent families and have money. There's just a, a whole host of things that we want to address and we're hoping over the next days, months, years that we will be able to finally get Dalton to profusely apologize and do something about the harm that they've caused. So what's been, what's been happening? How have you felt the reaction so far? Um, so far the reaction has been, what's the word? Tepid. Uh, they're Dalton has put out maybe three responses since George Floyd's murder. Um, and the first two were, uh, they, they, they were, <laughs> they, they, they were very, um, lukewarm and kind of, uh, you know, neither here nor there. They didn't seem to really take a stand except it's to like, say- where are we on the spectrum of Steinbrenner response to Dolan response? I don't know if you're a sports person. But. <laughs> I'm not, but- <laughs> It's like the Yankees did it for, you know, uh, it's not oh. for me to judge, but everyone was very happy with the Yankees response, very upset with the Knicks response. <laughs> sure. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, but exactly, like uh, 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 the spectrum- there's neither of which they neither of them did anything like uh, of course everyone right. but their statements at least were it was like it was like a, a you know your um uh, your, your your emotion that you get your eh you know it was like still the yankees it's like an overall collective eh like oh but at least like they got their statement down kind of exactly. like they spoke to their black players and like ran it past them maybe and the Knicks just like, it was hilarious. I waited a month and then it was like three words and it was so bad. And oh, it was so bad. Exactly. Like their latest response, if they had the latest response that Dalton put out, if they had put, if that was the first response they put out, like May 30th or so, like right. I think that the community would have had a different, you know, a, a different response in kind. But because it took them a month, it was over like after organizing, after the collective that was the time for action not like oh finally you got the statement right right so so now what we're doing uh because i've spoken to um a couple people um at dalton in different capacities um but not as my uh as a liaison for the black at dalton page i've spoken to them as zuri washington alumni um class of 2009 and so um i know that People are, there are some people who are trying to do things, but it's so hard to work within the framework of the school as it is, which is huge, part, which is part of the problem to begin with. The way that the school currently functions does not allow for things to get done in a timely fashion and in a, in, in a way that makes the community at large know that the school is on our side because they have not been on our side for yeah, a long time. Tell, tell me more about that, though, the, the inner workings that you're describing. So, um... Mm -hmm. I know that I'm, I'm 03, so I'm a little further out than you are. Sure. My family is super involved, but I'm not, at, I, I don't really know. So yeah, so I'm yeah, interested. Yeah. Um, well, I've spoken to one of the, the women at the alumni relations department, um, Debbie Freeman. And oh, yeah. I knew her. Um, I've also spoken to, in various capacities, to Juliet Baker Samuels, who is a, um, she, 
her boss is the diversity coordinator, the new diversity coordinator at Dalton, which is Dominic Rollins. Um, and so I've spoken to those two people and Jim Best has reached out to me personally, but he has not responded to my response <laughs> to his email. So I've, I've really only spoken to two so people. So he wrote you and, an email and you wrote yeah. him back? Okay. And I wrote was, him back. Got it. That's kind of where it's, where it's been at. Um, was that public or was that in private? No, that was, that was in, that was in private. Like that was to my okay. private email that the Understood. alumni department has to send various, you know, we're having these events kind of things too. Oh, oh, um, you got, are you referring to the Jim Best email that he sent to all the alumni or did he send you no, personally? Sorry, sorry, let me rephrase. He sent me personally, like, hey, he said, hey, Zuri, like, you know, like, uh, I hope you and your family are well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just want you to know this was in, in advance of like a, a few hours in advance of uh, our, uh, we had a meeting for uh, community members, uh, black community members. Right. Last yeah, week. I want to ask about that. And, yeah. he, and he sent it like literally four hours before we had the meeting. They knew we were having this meeting. And yeah. he, he and the alumni department both chose to send a flurry of emails um, that day, um, which annoyed us because it just feels like you're trying to undercut even though you're saying you support us and you support our movement you support our intentions etc when you do something like that it feels like you're undercutting us it feels like you you spent a week talking to a lawyer trying to decide the best way to go about uh uh addressing us and then you finally decided to address us on the day that we were doing something that you guys haven't had the balls to do yet it feels like strategic more than like personal and emotional right. and, and real re reactions. Exactly. And I was very close with Jim Best when I was at school. So it was very- Jim, weird. by the way, I don't want to interrupt you. Just for people who are listening that don't know, Jim is, I, what, what is his title? I mean, he's, he's the head of the school. I don't, I don't know yeah. what his title is. He's but the head of school. I think that's his title. Is um, it actually his title? Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's, he's the boss. He's the guy that puts out, when there's an email that goes out to all the alumnus and whatnot, it's, you know, it's- uh, it's from Jim Best. Yeah. And, and so, he's white. And he's white. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Jim, I, I was very close to him when, uh, whenever he came to school um, and through maybe 11th grade, I was very close to him. So for him to send this kind of very generically worded email um, and- Oh, and Zuri is a like whole time Dalton, uh, 11 year, like you did the whole thing. Not like you came in high school, just- yeah, more or less. Yeah. I came in second grade. So second grade, yeah, um, same difference. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it. I just want. Um, sorry, I, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just mean like no, people fine. listening, like who it's. I think it's worth them understanding the story you're telling. You know, in context. Yeah, I mean, people have a different to, to speak to that. People have a different experience who were there for uh, from first program um, versus those who only came in, in middle school or high school, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's, That's it's why it's like different. so important. Like if you know Dalton culture, like when you came in is so crucial to your experience there. Yeah. And it's a rite of passage. Like people are like, you're a lifer. Like that's a whole <laughs> survivor. <laughs> they called us when I was there. I don't, they, I don't know if they kept that word, but yeah, we were the last, I was the last oh, no, preschool did. class. So there were kids, I was kindergarten, but there were maybe five or six kids who were preschool survivors. So survivor meant preschool through graduation, through 12th grade. 
I was the last, and then it became kindergarten. But uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you, you were talking yeah. about how, you know, 11th grade, you were close with Jim. Yeah, I, I, I was close with Jim, and we had a good relationship. So to get this email that was so generic and so impersonal made me think twice uh, ab about the intent behind the email because you know, he's known my, my mother was on the board. Um, you know, he, he's known my mother and my family for years. So for him not to say, Hey, how's Felicia doing? How's, how's Amadi? How are your siblings and et cetera, et cetera. It's just so, it was so bizarre and I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it. That was my question to him. Like, Hey, are you coming at me as like head or not head, uh, but as a, a, uh, a mouthpiece yeah, right. and representative of Black at Dalton. Are you coming to me as Zuri Washington, who used to come to your office when I had lab periods and just like, you know, sh shoot the shit? Like, what, what's your intention? So um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to parse that out for myself right now. Um, and that was, what, that was a week ago? That was a week ago. I sent my response last Friday. So it's been okay. so uh, six days. Yeah. About six days. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll we're even talking give on like, Thursday, it, July what, 9th. Yeah. We're talking Thursday, July 9th right now. Um, and I'll even give him business days. Let's say he was not working on the weekend and it's a holiday weekend. Well, let's call yeah. it four. Yeah. Let's call it four. <laughs> like it, it's really three and a half, three and a half. Let's call it. <laughs> Let's be super nice. <laughs> super nice. Um, if this was really still, it's enough. Yeah. If this was of true urgency to you, and you really are trying to uh, change the culture and become an anti-racist institution, the way that you say, which has become a buzzword in and of itself, um, <laughs> then yeah. like what? Then why? won't you respond to me in a timely fashion? Tw uh, let's see, 48 to 36, uh, sorry, 48 yeah. to 72 hours is time enough to yeah. respond to a business email. So, you know, that, that's kind of where, where we are in trying to get the school to be at the table with us instead of shutting us out, which it feels like they continue to do. I mean, I, I want to... I, I, I want to uh, keep my, I have an awkward position because I said this to you before we started talking, like, like my family is super involved. We have very different, love my family very much. Um, we're, we're, we're all very different. Uh, my sister was a teacher there. She'll probably come back. She just had a kid, but she'll probably come back. My brother went there. Like my whole family is super involved. I, our parents, I think they know each other and they were served on the board together. Um, you know, I have, I'm more critical. Like I hated my time at Dalton and I was vocal about it while I was there. Um, I was super like controversial of the administration. I was critical of everyone the entire time. And I was, I was, it was actually, no, there was, you know what? There was one thing that was like, it was about race, but most of my stuff was just like, fuck you guys like this is you know is it was more like just collective generic like you guys suck but yeah so so i so i try and um do right by how i feel like this conversation so i i, th I think that it's it's definitive to me it's clear to me to like give you this platform at the what, whatever tiny tiny you know platform i can give um, and then the rest, like, like, yeah, I'm aware that there are like very serious behind, you know, closed door conversations going on. 
I'm not in them. I don't want to be, but I, I'm aware that they happen. So, um, you know, I know, I don't know exactly why you're not getting your response right away, but I know, like, I know what's going on. I know that there's a lot of conversations happening. I remember I was part of them at one point when, um, whatever, I don't care. This is like, actually, no, you know what? I don't want to say the name because it's, I could tell you this offline, but I don't want to say it in public. Um, but there was something really bad that happened at Dalton. You were there. I wasn't. It was a few years after I uh, graduated and something really, really bad happened. And I knew the person involved and I was really upset by it. And, and my parents like gave me the dial in because of that. And um, the person's brother, I like took care of a lot and wanted to know what was going on. And um, I remember being on those calls, muted, but <laughs> listening. It's weird. It's a weird call. Um, it's very, I mean, you're, you're not misreading it. I'll tell you, I, I, I don't want to like betray anyone's confidences, but like, you're not misreading it. It is very business. It is very legal. It is very protective of not just the central inst institution, but there's names involved that right. go well beyond Dalton. And that is the measurement, you know, it is constantly being measured. And, you know, it, in, in one way, it's something that, that I'm grateful for, that that kind of calculation that, that I was taught that. I, I went to this place and I know grammar so well because of that. I can write, I can speak with syntax because of these people, but it's, I, I consider it terrifying and dehumanizing when it gets to these kinds of conversations. and. It's, I read this stuff that you've posted and it's not my experience, but it's the exact same thing. You know, it's like, like I, I'm, I have a different skin color, so I don't have the exact same stories, but the feelings are all there. I know what it, all of this feels like. And, and that's why, yeah, like I, I look at what you're doing and I'm just like, this needs to get organized. This needs to be, the action needs to be demanded. I'm really interested in, you know, so talk to me about the meetings that you're having, who's involved again, like who, who, uh, who names are like, I don't give a shit. That's not the point. Like, but like the makeup of who's talking, you know, uh, students, alumni, teachers, admin, parents, who, who are you organizing? Well, right now we're a small, like the, the direct, uh, uh, group of black at Dalton is very small and we're just alumni but we're trying to part of the purposes of our meeting from last week was to um, let people know what we think we're about right now and what we intend to do and see what the community needed um, and needs in the going forward so um, you know we have a few current teachers we have uh, that came and some some um, Former and um, uh, we were graced by the presence of Sage Sevilla, who's always a wonderful like human to have her energy it is like it's really healing for a lot of people to just even hear her voice. So it was it's really so nice crazy. I mean, I didn't realize like until recently how beloved 
she's been uh, G Giancarlo was was in my class, her son. So mm-hmm. I, I know them, you know, forever. And she was always great then. I just seeing like the amount of love on your page, I was like, holy shit, like she's like the best. It's it's very cool. Yeah, she really single-handedly like mentally saved a lot of people from yeah. like going off the deep end completely anyway. Um and so, you know, we we have we have parents, we have foreign parents, we have some parents that haven't haven't even gotten to Dalton yet that that were just like what am I sending my child into? But, you know, we want to be able to provide a community for them that up until this point has not been provided. Dalton has not been good about making sure that, um, you know, once you leave the school as a person of color, they're not really there for you after a point. It's just like, mm, bye. Because um, if you thought you didn't feel it when you were at school, it's even worse when you leave. So That's a whole nother issue, I would say, that doesn't that transcends race. No, uh, it, it, race has certainly a lot to do with it. But like, I didn't get that either. You know, no, of course. But I but let me say, like, I can speak specifically to like, I remember when I left school, mm. I, I visited, uh, I visited Dalton for like a good five years consistently after I graduated. Um, like every year, at least once a year, always came by, came by to say That's hi cool. to Mr. Wayne, came by to say hi to, like, there are plenty of teachers that I loved at Dalton that I continue to always want to see and always mm-hmm. want to, like, uh, make sure I maintain connection with. But I think that, um, like, when I, when I came back, uh, attempting to, um, get uh, some alumni information because I'm in the arts. So when I was trying to get alumni information about people who are in the arts, the school was not very helpful. The alumni department was not helpful. They weren't trying to, mm. you know, give me the information that I needed or they, it was already weird enough for them, like for, for my college advisor too, that I wanted to go into theater. They were like, my college advisor was not helpful in that way. They didn't know what to say. If, they're, if you're not trying to go to an Ivy League and you're not trying to be an accountant, a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera, there's there's so little uh, I I had in this sense I have had the same experience like I you know and and of course I always want to caveat like my experience is different like I have a different context I have different advantages all of that like you deal with things that I don't deal with but in in this context like I was in our I went to film school like no no one at Dalton helped me go to film school no one at Dalton introduced me to other filmmakers to mentor me later. You know, no one, like, none of that shit happened. Like, the, I, when I wanted to take electives, when I was in high school, when I was studying film over the summer and stuff and wanted to do it more during the year, wanted to keep it in my, in my you know, no, no, no one gave a shit about any of that. So, yeah. Right. And, and I would say, like, to the same, of course, there's always going to be, like, it, it's not just because... Uh, I'm black that I experienced those things. It's a combination of a lot yes, of things. Exactly. That's, of that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, but like just the same way that like when it comes to, you know, when people are saying that um, uh, when it comes to racism, just generally speaking, and people are saying, oh, but I get treated poorly because I don't have money. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not because of the color of your skin. It's li- it, literally ha- it literally will never be because of the color of your skin. You might be poor, but most black people, like just because of the way statistics work, the way that we are ghettoized, the way that, you know, that, that tends to, the way the fabric of America is, 
most black people tend to be at a certain level of the poverty line. It's just uh, the way that the numbers fashion themselves out. And so uh, a combination of all of those factors kind of make them into the microcosm yes. that the black Dalton student who has to wake up at six o'clock in the morning in order to get to school on time because we live more than 45 minutes away from the school. We don't live, we can't walk to school. We can't, um, uh, sometimes we're a couple minutes late sometimes uh, and we get no, like it's one thing if you're an hour late to school, but if you're like a couple minutes late and the teacher's gonna chew you out in front of everybody else, embarrassing you and knowing, theoretically knowing full well your your home circumstance or at least that you do not live within a 10 block radius of the school it's it, there's just so many things that go into uh, a, a black person specifically but people of colors in general experience of these institutions um and the lack of understanding and the you know and dalton also is like you know generally speaking all these schools seem to be very like liberal institutions and they really they want use the word progressive a lot right progressive um they, they they imagine themselves to be that but they don't really go full hog and try to adjust the way that they adjust the way that they teach adjust the way that they that they uh uh not parent but the way that they treat um, each student, and yes, you shouldn't. No one should get favorable treatment, but there is such a thing as being as being like at least self-aware of where your kids are coming from. Some where some kids are coming from is different from where other kids are coming from, both physically, emotionally, etc., etc., etc. And to treat every student like they had access to the SAT prep work that a lot of primarily white students have. The, the the money to have access to the 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 um or or they just have friends who have access and then those friends help them i i just happened to not be friends with a lot of white people when i was at dalton and that was neither here nor there i i was in theater so i was friends with the white people that were in the theater department but other than that my like friend circle was very different um because theater, we all theater department at dalton is really to, it, it's it's or t correct me if your experience was different but in 2003 when I graduated there's the fifth floor kids and the third floor kids and they are very very different there there's two lounges there's the third floor lounge outside the cafeteria which is where you know like the sports kind of people would be and the fifth floor lounge outside the history uh, department office whatever um, and it's small it's just kind of like two benches and I'm sure it's changed since but this is yeah. you know I'm, I'm old but <laughs> uh, I graduated a long time ago so um, but that's how it and and the theater kids and the there there would be cool theater kids who would be like who would like get the head nod from the football team the soccer team kind of people on the third floor but they were segmented it was different and it was much more diverse on the fifth floor uh, the third floor kids, it was basically, you know, if someone is playing sports, they're, they're in it. But otherwise, there's like, there's no connections. I think socially also just things that you're talking about, like, not just so like SAT prep, it's like the 45 minutes or 90 minutes really that you're talking about going back and forth from home to school. That's the time that a student could be in that SAT prep also. And if that's five minutes, like I, I lived four blocks away. So that's 90 minutes of my day that can be a tutor if, if 
you know, if I want, or it can be playing a video game or chilling out or doing whatever. Uh, but also socially, a lot of the, I had my two best friends were downtown kids, but everyone else lived pretty nearby and, you know, a, a, a cheap cab ride away, worst case scenario. And socially on a Friday when we want to go to the movies or do what, you know, like when we were younger and then years later, everyone just sitting around in one person's apartment smoking weed, like <laughs> that would be difficult for the person who lives an hour away. And they would have to decide, I mean, you know, am I sleeping? Am I committing the weekend to this place or am I going back to my family? Uh, whereas for the kids who live near school, you can you know, leave whenever you want, go back and forth. So it's, it's so socially it creates those moments, the, the, those times where you get to know people would be removed from a lot of students who live further away. Right. Um, and so because we're so separated from one, each, one another, there's uh, a lack of empathy, a lack of um, understanding between uh, different segments of the population. Um, and it, and it really sucks when you go to school and there's an affinity group. We have the Dallas, or I, I think Dallas still exists. I'm 98% sure. Dallas, Dallas was a thing, yeah. Yeah, and so you that. have Dallas and you have uh, the Asian Culture Club and Will all Will you explain stuff. What, what Dallas is? To oh, yeah. Wait, uh, hold on. It's um, Dalton's Alliance yeah, <laughs> for Latin... I, I, always, I, I always forget the exact thing, but long story short, it's It's a diversity Latin group, right? It's for black and brown kids okay. primarily at Dalton to come together and be like, hey, what's up? Checking in, uh, just having that moment of community um, with each other when we usually don't necessarily even have the same classes together. Um, but, but, but yeah, it's just, um, when you have those affinity groups that are made available, um, but people still, uh, and and when I say people, I mean, primarily, of course, students who, who express their distaste, white students who express their distaste, or they walk past the room, and they shout out, not, they won't shout slurs, because we're on school property, but they will, they will try to make it like Dallas is a joke, like, what's the point in having Dallas? Why isn't there a white affinity group for, for the white students, etc, etc, etc. The white affinity group is the Dalton School. Period. Like we, like like we. When I uh, when I was in seventh grade, I got in trouble because some little boy tried to bully me, um, and I wasn't having it. And I he was in fifth grade. I was in seventh grade. So I put I I pushed him against the wall and I said, "Never fucking talk to me again." And he went and tattled, which is fine. This is his right to tattle. Like, and so he, he, but, but this is what happened. He went to the school and he was crying in the meeting and saying how, how, how I hurt him and all this other stuff. And I was like, first of all, I didn't hurt him. I just pushed him against the wall. But yes, I did do these things because he's bullying me. And so he's crying. Then I got suspended for three days. During that three day suspension, he told, um, uh, he told all his friends and anyone who was around him how he got that nigger, nigger cunt suspended. And I, one of my friends was there and she told me, and so a white friend, but she told me what happened. And I, we went to the school, like we went to the head of middle school, which at the time was Libby Hickson and they did nothing. Her son was in my class also. Yeah. Uh, 
but they did nothing, <clears throat> nothing at all. Like not even a slap on the wrist. I don't even think they spoke to him in any capacity. Um, and you know, when, when you have situations like that, um, and again, a culture of kids who think that they run the school more or less, because of whatever they think the reason might be, whether it's because they're white, whether it's because they're affluent, whether it's both, or, you know, when you have that, you don't have a safe space for kids. Because even if they go into classrooms where they have wonderful teachers, like, um, I, I love Mr. Hyatt, like, so Dr. Hyatt and um, a multitude of other teachers that I've had over the years, Mr. Quain in the library, who always was like down for the, down for the cause. Mr. Quain is always like ready to be like, black people are beautiful, you're beautiful, let's do this. Let's, let's that's just how Mr. Quain is and was. Um, and so even though you have those people, when you have students hiding behind your back and saying all these nasty little things, it does nothing for your self-esteem going forward into the real world. World except to teach you how to navigate these white spaces. That's all Dalton is, is a, a lesson to us in how to navigate white spaces because white spaces are always going to cater to white people. And even at their, even at their best, even at their, you know, at, at their attempts to, you know, ha have meetings about Martin Luther King and, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Day and do all these little, little, uh, performative acts of anti-racism, but they don't really do anything to change the fabric of how students and some teachers see us and how we function within the fabric of the community at large. Did you, I was just, as you were talking, I was just like typing notes for like things that you're making me think of. I've been talking a lot lately about where Judaism fits into everything going on right now. And it's, it's kind of top of conversation. Just the last 48 hours, uh, a football player, Deshaun Jackson posted some stuff. It was a, it was a falsely attributed quote to, to Hitler that was very anti-Semitic. And um, a lot of the conversation, I'm Jewish. And uh, a lot of the conversation that I've had since this has all been happening, there's a lot of Jews that, you know, are like, what about us? And, uh, you, for those who don't know, Dalton is a very, very Jewish school. Uh, it, was it still when you were there? Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, something like 70% or like at least 60%. Very, very high number. Yeah. For me, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, if not higher, um, a lot of Jews at Dalton. And I kind of, I've talked about this before, like, um, I talk about this on my Instagram more than on the show. It doesn't really come up in the show that much, but I talk about it on Instagram a lot. Just like the idea of assimilation in Judaism, where like I'm first generation assimilated Jew, where which which the way that I'm like explaining that assimilation is that I'm allowed to be white. And my family before me was not. They were Jews, whether they wanted to be at a white party, work at a white company, whatever. They were the Jewish person at that thing. I can be, I, no one, I ex experience anti-Semitism, but very rarely. And um, I'm the first generation in my family to be allowed to pass as just a regular, you know, American white person. Um, and I thought that there were a lot of those types of Jews at Dalton. So like you're saying white and a lot of people, I call them white too. <laughs> and, and, and I have these conversations sometimes because like technically 
you know, like my, if you go on my 23 and me, I'm not white. I'm, I'm, right. I'm from no. another place. But, that's, but a, that's a huge part of the conversation being, or that is being had elsewhere. Not necessarily, we haven't had that as a like black adulting group yet. Um, but that well, is- Well, yeah, huge. as a person, how did you experience that? Was it relevant in any way? Yeah, it's- <laughs> It's a it's a very nuanced conversation to have. I know that um, very recently I had a conversation with a, uh, in a young Asian woman who graduated uh, before me, um, I believe. Yeah, she graduated before me, and she said that someone uh, in a conversation they were having about Dalton eventually uh, they ended up just calling her anti-Semitic just because she said that what the person did was racist in some way, shape or form. And for the, for her to say that that was racist because they were Jewish was anti-Semitic. Um, and it's a very- A lot of it is like blanket, any blanket criticism directed toward a Jew is, you know, catch all anti-Semitic. And I don't- Right, I don't exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, it's a, and, and to be, to be fair and to be clear it is a more nuanced conversation than that um, on both sides of it. But, uh, but it's, it's hard to have a conversation with people um, with a, with descendants of a people who either experienced the Holocaust or experienced very um, uh, detrimental racist things up until maybe like, like the 70s 80s like <laughs> like when, like when it, did the jews finish their world domination you know <laughs> <laughs> well not 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 that i, I know, don't I know. i'm kidding <laughs> not, not domination just like the, the know, ability to assimilate no People, it's what no 1984 i was born in 1984 i was born with the ability i was born uh on irving place and my parents and my grandparents before them and my great grandparents before them worked really hard to birth a child who was able to not be Jewish if he didn't want to be. And, and I'm super Jewish. Like I was bar mitzvahed, like crazy, like crazy Orthodox, like in Bensonhurst and all that shit. I'm, I'm long old, old New York family, like four, four generations, same synagogue. Um, but what I mean by that is like, what did I do the rest of the week? I was a white kid. You know, so, so on weekends, I, I'd go hang out with my Orthodox Jewish grandparents, and I'd be taught about all that. And so I was, I was indoctrinated into this heritage. And, you know, I was, I would, I was inheriting trauma as well. It's the same thing, you know, all the, all the buzzwords that we used. But during the week, I was on 90, I, I, we, we moved, we moved to 93rd and Park, and I went to school on 89th and Park. And I went to, like, on Friday night, if I went to a party, it was at a person's name that like if I said it right now people would know like that's who I hung out with famous right. people like I was with I was in like my college roommates were famous kids like white people like right. Jews kind of but like not really like like some of them were Jewish were like technically Jewish but like it was white it was white finance people and like all that stuff and I was allowed to go be a white finance kid I was the first one in my family born, and that I was, I'm born in 1984. So, so there was a kid born in 1984 who was allowed to be a white, I could, I could get a house in Greenwich, Connecticut if I want. And I wouldn't be like having people look at me and be like, oh, there's a Jew coming to town. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so it's really hard to have the conversation with the wider school about yeah. these kind of interactions that sometimes uh, students of color would have with our Jewish 
friends that they, they, they don't see, they're like, well, we're fine, so why aren't you fine? So how do you explain to a Jewish person why, and and, and I have my answer, but I want to hear how you would. How do you explain to a Jewish person why the moment right now is not about Jews, we are not relevant, our inherited suffering is not relevant, and we did not suffer the same way. We do, I do not understand your suffering. How, how, do, how do you explain that to a Jewish person? I'll try to be as succinct as possible, but what I usually say to people in conversations in general is that over the years in America, many people have been uh, granted the the relief of assimilation. And, you know, the Italians were not once, you know, people were super racist against Italians once upon a time. Yeah, my dad grew up around real violence against Italians, yeah, in Benson. Right. Like Italians, the Irish, people like to bring up all the time how the the Irish were indentured servants. Okay, but they weren't slaves. Um, Like, you know, uh, and so then, and then they, there's a huge uh, slew of people that have come through the ages and what they try to do is assimilate into whiteness, which equals safety. Black people have never been able to do that. People of of certain hues and, you know, to get into colorism, um, but like uh, people of certain hues have never been able Able to to do that to it has never been an accomplishment um that that Zuri can... posted yesterday uh colorism texturism and featurism as weight for prejudice against black people right um and so it, it's really um when i so when i tell people that black people have just not been afforded the uh, the uh quote unquote opportunity to assimilate and therefore we have born the brunt of so much angst and trauma since 1619, since the day that we landed on, on this continent. And like, and it has not let up since it just shows itself in different ways. Um, It is, again, it's different. I remember I sometimes have, I I love comic books. So I'd love to talk to people about various comic books too. Cool. So like I talk to people about. (laughs) Separate, we can talk about comics. We talk about Gal gal in um, Wonder Woman and people are like, well, she's not white. And I'm like, but in the context of America, just like. She's Israeli is what we're referring to. She's Israeli. And, um, but, and, but in the context of America, no one would say that's a person of color. Well, no, I mean, no. you, you just said it, your words, like you just said it in the, in, in just to invert what you just said, color. It's not because of her skin color. So whatever she might feel all these other sufferings, other prejudices, anything, but it's not because of her skin color. And, and right. l- l- like me, like I have the same skin color as I'm pale, pale as fuck, you know, uh, like <laughs> I, I might descend from, the, you know, Israel and whatever, whatever we call it but like Jerusalem, whatever. Um, but I'm not the one who's brown. And I'm not getting prejudice because of that. I'm, I'm getting invited to the same things as the people who are, you know, settlers. Right. Like, uh, Gal will be able to get, like, the average white girl next door role in, right. a, in a movie. And I could not do that. That's not, that's, that's not the same, uh, you know, when it comes to typing in this in, in the in the industry, in the artistic industry, it's a whole other. And in the game. industry, there's a lot more average white girl roles offered than whatever you would go out, anything else that you would go yeah. out for. Yeah. Even so, with all the diversity measures. Exactly. And so, you know, 
I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit, but it, it, but when it, when it comes down to it, I would hope people understand that like we are totally understanding of and appreciative of the sacrifices that their forefathers made to get them here to America to you know let them lead the life life that they lead but we're still living oppressed lives and I uh in 2020 and I would hope that people um understand that nothing has changed it, uh, overall nothing has changed for us and we need your support <laughs> more than anything we need that um we need that uh that uh but financial support we need uh emotional support we need to hear and feel that you are with us instead of trying to fight us tooth and nail along the way and say, well, I suffered more. I don't need any of this oppression Olympics. Like we don't need to be like, well, my parents, my grandparents were in the Holocaust. And then me say like, well, my grandparents were, or my great grandparents were slaves. Like I don't need, we don't need to continue to do that. We, un we should be able to understand as formerly yes. oppressed and currently oppressed peoples where we are right now is a, signature time for black people specifically to get some shit done that we have been asking for since before Martin Luther King Jr. was a name. And all the things he fought for have been eroded over time. And if you can't see that, then you are a hundred percent part of the problem. And I don't mind calling a spade a spade. I, I back that. I, I, I agree. Would you, I want to go granular and I want you to break down, you know, what we want to see, but if you're willing, and I, I don't want to pressure you at all, but can you talk a little bit about your personal experience, a any, maybe an anecdote, a story, a person who, you know, good, bad, whatever, just something that kind of conveys a little bit about what, what you experienced over those 11 years. Um, me personally, I'm trying to, it, it's hard, sometimes it's hard for me to speak, aside from the story that I told already, um, it's really hard to speak to like, nothing egregious aside from the one thing happened to me at Dalton as it pertains to my race. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very fortunate on a multitude of levels that like, you know, I was involved with the theater department and I was just a weird kid anyway. So I didn't really give a shit. Like I was on the football team in seventh and eighth grade. And then I was like, I'm just going to do theater forever. So bye. You know, like I was just all over the place. Um, and I was, and That's I had awesome. You were on the football team. Wow. <laughs> they tried to do, get me to do it in high school, but I was like, I have to do the plays though. So I just didn't do football, but, um, but I had such a, uh, Mia and my brother had very singular experiences in a lot of ways. Um, at Dalton, our mother was on the board. People knew when we rounded the corner, we were the Washington kids. Like no one was really going out of their way to fuck with us. <laughs> like, um, and that's not because like my mother Your would brother like- brother was down. older? He's younger than me younger, by okay. a year. Um, okay. And 
uh, no one, it's not like my mother was like gonna bring down the hammer of justice, but people so loved my mother and therefore they loved us and therefore they, we, we kind of, we, not unscathed, but we escaped some of the like, the brunt of the nonsense that a lot of people experienced. And I saw my friends go through it and we saw, we saw, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are very mad at Mr. Bender um, for a lot of the things that he's done over the years. Bender, um, really? I don't know oh, about this. Yeah. Like I can, I, had Bender. I, I won't, I won't say the person's name, but I do know that um, uh, a, a boy, a uh, black boy, um, who I think he came to Dalton either in late middle school or in high school. He, um, his name is not spelled in the, uh, in the, uh, assumed way. Um, like for example, if it was, if his name was Michael, it wasn't spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L. It was spelled like M -Y -C -H -A -L M-Y-C-H-A-L or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And so... Mr. Bender told him his name was spelled wrong. And he said, well, that's how my mother decided to spell my name. And he said, well, tell your mother she spelled your name wrong. Like just little microaggressions like that, that sometimes became full of blown out aggression from Mr. Bender that really hurt. Like the, I, I, if I had a, a nickel for every person that has asked, what are we going to do about Mr. Bender or people like him? I would have, at least a Is dollar. Is he still there? Oh yeah, he's still there, and he like he's. <laughs> I would I have at least I, a dollar. <laughs> I would have at least a dollar, and that's a lot of people. <laughs> still that's a, a lot, lot of people, people, yeah. Who publicly were like, "We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this." Um, and so, I I can't speak for everyone, um, but I know that the trauma that persists because some of these people have not been fired even though people know damn well that they've done various things like this in the past or they've been brought to the attention of the school they just get a slap on the wrist and that's it um because the school would rather close rank than actually deal with the consequences of yeah, I, get, I get what you mean of the people involved i'm finding i mean that that's a macro problem you know that's that's america that's that's the United States. Yeah, that's what when I. When there's ten million people on the streets, they'll talk about diversity, but until they're forced to. Exactly. You know. Exactly. That's why, like, we're seizing. This is all about seizing the moment because, um, as we've seen, the things have trended less and less over the last like week or two. Um, people stop talking about Breonna Taylor. People stop talking about um defunding the police people stop talking about all of these things that were seminal and important at the beginning and so um my personal fear is that if we lose traction uh that we won't get the attention from the school and therefore the deference from the school that we deserve because the school and schools like it institutions like it because dalton's run like a corporation and so the power they've decided that we don't have power and we've given them that power for decades. And now's the time for us to assume our rightful place and say, no, we went to the school. And even if let's say, let's say even 50% 
of students of color got scholarshiped in. We still have right. voices. We still we still count. And right now, or it feels like we we don't count because they don't seem to want to act and give us a timeline. I would love a timeline as to when they can change the curriculum. I would love a timeline as to when or how they're going to deal with certain. So, so go into, okay. So let's, let's do that. Like talk, what are the initiatives? What are the asks? Um, I know that we definitely want to address teachers that are still there. Um, how they do discipline for those teachers, how they, um, uh, deal with both racially and because there's a there's some other issues there too with when it comes to teachers but specifically racially um how they um what's the word i'm looking for how they oh how they go about addressing these um concerns um because they haven't been sufficient in the past um and like what is the process around addressing, you know, exactly whatever like, the problem I, is. I just, problem gets brought up. Who does it get brought up to? Who decides what exactly. to do about it? How does that get instituted? Okay. Because before, before a few years ago, I just learned this recently that Dalton didn't really have an HR before like three ish yeah. years ago. Okay. Like a true HR. I didn't um, know of any. So yeah, that that. And, and so whenever something was happening, or even let's say something as innocuous as hiring, it would go like to the woman who was on the, like the secretary on the second floor, it would go to her, a resume would go to her, and then she would forward it to the department head. So the department head would be in, high, in charge of hiring and et cetera, et cetera. Of course, it would have to go through the head of school finally to finalize it, but they were in charge of that portion of things. But now there's an HR person who deals with everything centrally. So, so if I, someone's ignoring a bunch of resumes that happen to be from certain people who come from certain places or spell their names a certain way. Like you, you ever look at Freakonomics? Oh, you know uh, what that is I know what with, with the names, the science behind. Like if you mail the name in and it right. sounds white, if you mail the name in and it sounds black, with the same resume. So, so, so there was no check and balance against, you know, the history department, for example, maybe there was a racist, you know, person receiving that. And that person is just discarding many, many resumes that never get. So there's never any statistics or, or uh, uh, observation of this person blatantly, you know, we don't know if they are not receiving applicants uh, for, of a certain type, you know, if it's male, female, if it's whatever. Um, yeah. Or, okay. Or how people are dealt with after they get hired because the retention rate at Dalton is atrocious when it comes to, Oh really? I don't know. Oh yeah. Bad. Like teachers of color ha have recently, especially left in droves and they are having a hard time keeping them. Um, meanwhile, they're somehow able to keep these super racist teachers that like, you know, they, they, they'll pay them or, you know, uh, put them in tenured positions or do this, that and the other to make sure that they stay. But when it comes to people who are trying to change the school and change the, the literature department or change how the school is run, um, they just don't get that same support. Um, and so I, I, I would love, I, I'm hoping that in the near future, we can talk to the HR person and see, uh, she's a black woman, I believe, um, and see what she has been able to accomplish. Cause I heard she's accomplished quite a bit in her last um, few years at Dalton. But um, 
What's but, stopping you, know, you from talking to this person? Oh, it's, it's nothing stopping me. It's, we, we have so many things <laughs> that okay. honestly, sh she's, she's not an issue in the way I'd like to deal with the issues before I deal with people who I think would be on our side, but we okay. just need to like, reach out. That's all. It's summer. It's really hard to get in contact with people over the summer for a school. People are like, Fair. bye, I'm okay. on vacation. Okay, <laughs> like, so this, this is not like an institutional barrier that you're trying to break no, down. No, that this particular is like, person. Okay. No, I'm sure I could find her email address very easily. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, because this is not, we're not at total war. You know, we're not at like, it, 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 we're not in a position where like, there are those situations where there's places where there's been a directive to all parties do not speak to certain people like that hasn't happened like i'm i know i personally not that i'm aware of though i do I, though i'm pretty sure there's another page um that i'm sure you're aware of uh, dalton anonymous i believe i actually am um, not well, what's oh that? so there's three pages um, you know something actually we didn't I, so every time i do an episode like i don't do background i don't do like the whole blah 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 like this is yeah. this person and introduce because i just like to use the time and, and like get into it like the way that we would talk if we were like in private which is basically this is exactly that conversation um but i think this is actually an exception so what if you don't mind while you're introducing these pages can you tell me can you tell someone who doesn't know who didn't google it or go on instagram while they're listening like what is black adulton as well as these other pages please yeah. thank you so much so black adulton is essentially a movement and we are responding to the black at movement which uh encompasses a wide variety of private schools across the country now um but at first it was just the tri-state area um it's and, cool that new york like got it going <laughs> yeah I, i'm really it's really exciting it's it's an exciting uh thing to be a part of and to see people uh come together to attempt to hold our schools accountable it's really a, an accountability group is, is is what we are um i believe more than anything that there are a lot of people who are very angry and kind of scorched earth policy they're like fuck dalton but they're uh, but at some level, we either love the people we met at Dalton or loved something about Dalton that we want to try to preserve the children that are there and help usher them into the future without the angst that we are currently experiencing as adults. I'm um, totally with you on that, by the way. I, I, you know, for my different reasons, I fucking hated it and I was vocal about it, but there was never a time where I wanted to scorch that earth. I have always felt it very valuable and validating and constructive net net constructive um i've always wanted to you know reform and improve rather than destroy and i appreciate what my family does even if it's not they don't go about it exactly as i would go about it i've always like i talked to my dad last night and i was just like yeah like i respect what you do it's not what i would do but I love and respect what, what you do. And I think it's super you know, good for the world, even though there's a bunch of other bad stuff. Right, because there's some, there some things that Dalton does well and they, you know, we got a second, or sorry, uh, a second to none education. The education we get is great, but from- I don't and, write the way that I write because of Emerson College. I write because of Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Emerson College, I placed out of all writing after a week because they were like, we, this is stupid. You, you, we give up, you don't have to take these classes. <laughs>
Um, right, exactly. Um, but I think that, I think Sorry, that I, I just Dalton, <laughs> Dalton has a lot of blind spots um, for a variety of reasons. And um, we want them to see those blind spots and act to do something about them instead of just kind of um, what they usually do. They've hosted the diversity conference for the last 10 years. And, you know, it's a lot of great, big aspirational ideas and things, but nothing concrete, nothing set in stone. And that's just enough to let people feel like they're doing something, but not to actually do it and follow yes. through. Again, follow through. It's performative. And uh, again, that's my main issue is perform the performative nature of what Dalton has d done in the last uh, like 20, 20-ish years. Cause I think my, my mom says that I'm, I was the, a yeah, part what of the makes you pick that name? I mean, I mean that number 20-ish. Um, because my mom said that I like my time. I'm like 18 years out, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, like 17. Yeah. That my class was one of the first class that they actively tried to diversify. Um, like I, I, I hands down, like give my hat off to Babby Krentz. I love Babby Krentz. Um, she's a wonderful woman and is really instrumental, um, has been instrumental in diversifying Dalton. But after we got into the school, they didn't really, do anything with that they just kind of were like look at our numbers that was a point yeah that 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 thing that um that video that you guys that who i who the other not you but the other person i was speaking to mm -hmm. uh sent me that video that you're a part of where it talks oh. about that it's like the diversity initiatives are about attendance yes we can we can accept these students but then what happens once they're there that's it and once they're gone it's even less exactly um, and I, what, you know, curriculum wise, getting, get kind of getting back to, uh, what we want to see happen, like most of history in, in every institution, again, Dalton is not alone in this, but most of history and even literature is taught from in a white European perspective. Like, right. look at all these, look at Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare, but like, look at Shakespeare. Look at um, uh, Mark Twain. Look at, look at all these white, 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 Euro, etc. the history of uh, the Industrial Revolution and all these other things. But what about like, as if Black people or, or Africans or Asians didn't invent things. There's so many, uh, the perspective is so white instead of um and instead of leaning into the different perspectives on history and the different perspectives on how we have come to be in this 21st century america etc we kind of just find ourselves always coming from a white colonial perspective so even as black students you get black students who who are classist against other black students. And it sucks because that's the perspective that we are so taught. And because we're taught that perspective, we end up combating each other instead oh, of- I have this together. anecdote that I wanna give you that I just, I can't do it because it like <laughs> betrays, I, I just like, it gets into my, you know, I'm too close. Like, like, like I just don't wanna name any names. But like, I can't really do it. It was just like when things were getting diversified, mm -hmm. I remember 
seeing that. So for, first of all, one thing to note, uh, you, were, you were just saying is like part of the curriculum, like we do world history, but there's no Africa in it. It's just like, there's no Africa in all in like we, we do Hinduism, Buddhism, we do all the different Christianity iterations and stuff like we just don't learn anything about Africa. <laughs> like, we, we learn about India. We learn about fucking Aborigines in Australia, but we don't learn like anything about Africa. Uh, but I do remember when all these diversity initiatives were occurring that there was like, I don't know how to like say this in, 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 in without just being like, just, it just seemed like they were, they, they were just trying to make black kids be more white. Like it just, it just, when, when I met them, it was just like, it just seemed like, they were assimilating. It, it, it was like, we're just picking a few to teach them how to be like us. It just felt super weird. I, I, I feel I, I, I like don't want to like go too deep on this thread because it requires me talking about people. No. But like... It's I, interesting that you say that. Yeah. I'm yeah, not, it's, it's interesting that that's your perspective that... that yeah, it's just interesting that that's your perspective. Not in a bad way, just like um, it's interesting because... It just seemed very like perception, like, and then we're going to make them more like this. Like we want, we want to check these numbers, but like we don't actually want cultural diversity. We just want to like check these boxes, but then make them all the same way. Mm. There's something, I mean, there's definitely something to that. There's always that, again, a colonial perspective on yeah. education. Yeah. The way exactly. that, the way that when whites came to America, they separated, you know, they separated young indigenous kids from their parents and then, you know, made them wear pants and, and cut their hair and did all this stuff and completely separated them from their culture. Um, there, I mean, there, there's, there's so much to that. And, um, it's kind of deep, but yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that's why I'm, I'm like, I, I, I want to like talk about this, but it's like I, any, any, there's no way that I can go forward in that thread without like no, sure. being negative toward people. And I don't want to do that because it's not productive. I, I, I try and be very like, there were things that you were saying before. Um, I try and differentiate here about like what, like removing, uh, devaluing, I was talking about this today earlier with someone like devaluing being right, devaluing convincing someone, devaluing just, just principles, like, like just, just focusing on action and focusing on making things better and not caring so much about who's, who's right and wrong, who's good and bad and making it, making points that are for the sake of themselves, you know? And, and that, that, that's why I'm, I'm like, this is not a thread that's really tangible. It's more, it's, it's an intangible that is, that is hurtful to people. And like, I don't think it, I, I don't feel it productive. And it, I would also have to upset people by going down that path. Um, but it's, yeah. yeah. But it comes, I mean, but... but things like the eurocentric curriculum and stuff like that yeah uh, and i and i respect that that you know for, from for the, the perspective that you, you're trying to to bring I, I i respect that you're not trying to be like 
not offensive is not the word, but like, like you said, um, yeah, if I, if, if offending someone would like help in some way. Okay. But like, this is just me being critical. I think. Um, I think, I think, but, but let me push back a little bit because I, yeah, please. I, I think that, um, a lot of people and institutions have enjoyed the a lack of criticism for far too long and because they have not been truly criticized and openly criticized they have gotten away with more with murder <laughs> like more or less I and agree. and and so though I, I respect what you're saying part part of my personal um um, activism and, and at some level the rest of my compatriots at Black at Dalton is that we must criticize the school um, and we can do it like respectfully without calling people out their names and like yeah. you know you know yeah that, that's where I guess I'm getting I, I know that if I tell story if I tell these stories they're easily identifiable and that's not fair and and it's not uh, because it's not perpetrators who are going to get hurt it's just you know people sure. who happen to be involved but they're gonna get hurt and upset and th that's why like, like I'm not calling out a person who did a bad thing I'm referring to right. a, a system that is harmful that had honestly ignorant like bystanders and I have to effectively call out the ignorant bystanders with right. their you know passivism and their lack of understanding of the difference between hate and racism like that that you know it's it's really tough this has been a conversation i've been trying to have for a long time um i'll commend i'll, I'll call out one name because i love her but annie hudson price was the girl who got up in assembly when we were sophomores and said you guys need to stop saying that's so gay and it was the best and everyone was because we used to everyone gay meant stupid and you could just walk around saying that and you can call people whatever you wanted back then and she did that she was the first person to do that and that like was so so beautiful um but yeah so i have like inverse versions of that story but like they just they'll, they'll hurt people and right like when we call people out, when when we call people out on our page it's people that we have like confirmation from the people right. like that we can say their name um etc etc people that are either still at the school or were very instrumental in building the school up as to how it is right now um because our intent is not to like it's not about canceling anyone it's not about cancel culture it's not about people are terrified um, right they're terrified they're, they're terrified there's a story that came out, uh, came out, the uh, story that we posted <laughs> yesterday, um, I believe, and there was a, um, it's a really, oh God, it's, it breaks my heart, but long story short. What, the teacher that threw out the, uh, the homework? Huh, no, that's just, I can't, I can't even, but like, no, there's a story about uh, a young uh, black person that uh was dating uh oh yes yeah, so i read it yeah. yeah a white person and that whole story and the whole race play and master slave kind of scenario and all that stuff but they were more terrified about being canceled than they are like they didn't apologize first they said oh, why yeah, he are was you like i'm happy that you're not 
mounting a campaign against me. Right, yeah. because that's all they that's all they're concerned about. P Dalton's concerned about us mounting a campaign because you know the more I talk to you, oh, that's why I mentioned uh uh the, the other three accounts so black adulton is a part of the black app movement but there's also dalton anonymous and um i can't remember the other one but specifically with dalton anonymous i believe that is a current student um and i believe what i what i've heard on good authority is that they have promised the school not to speak to the press and if the school is more concerned about us speaking to the press than they are about the things that they have done to have harmed the students to begin with, then I don't understand how we can even have a good faith conversation. I mean, they don't want me doing this. I don't ask, but. Right, we don't ask. We're, we're if, adults. If, we if have I nothing. asked, they, would, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to tell me what to do, but they would say, you know. They would tell me, please don't do it because of us, because it's dangerous and these people might, you know, be out to get us. But also they would warn me for myself because right. you might want to cancel me. I might say something in this conversation that makes you want to cancel me and you use this against me. Right. And I'm in my, I'm sitting just fine, not talking to you and talking to you doesn't really get me anything so why risk it saying the, the wrong thing the and phrase it exactly yeah. exactly that's how all, all anybody tries to phrase these kind of things like if you talk to them this could be bad for you as opposed yeah. to saying like what, what they're really scared of is it being bad for them because if we come together um the way that we've come together today or the way that we intend to come together with our our white um and i like to use the term accomplices rather than allies but like <laughs> but like if we are able to come together ally sounds so weird yeah like like i would never refer to myself as an ally in any context you know, it, like, it's become oh again a buzzword like yeah. diversity anti-racism and um like every uh, time i've ever said it i've laughed like I've, for years you know like even back in the day like when it was you know early like I, oh god like when i was working at an aids organization and people would use it like when i was in high school such a oh god i would i would never be able to say that with a straight face <laughs> It's 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 cringeworthy, especially nowadays. It's cringeworthy because yeah. what does what does your allyship mean if it's performative? Accomplices right. have to get their feet in the mud. They have to be willing to put their backs on the lines. Um, That's exactly it. Yeah, it's like it's like what 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 kind of life am I gonna live? Like if I'm like avoiding, you know, like yeah, it's possible that I get on the phone with you and you just fucking hate me and like it's that's it. And like an article goes out somewhere. Sean Glass talked to, you know, said this and like, it's over. Like, it's possible. Yeah. Like, it could happen. But like, I don't know. Come what may. Like, I just, I, 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 got, I don't want to live that way. And I don't, at the same, I, I don't want to live in fear of that. That's absurd to me. And I also don't want to sit here and watch you go build this and organize this with all these people and sit and hope that you do a good job and high five you sometime at like that's just lame that's just a shitty world and life to to live like i don't i don't want to do that i was a kid and i had issues with this i had like my my best friend is still like my best friend from dalton is still my best friend and uh, i spoke to her right before this to be like any questions and she gave me a few of these questions um 
but she's black and like the girl who i lost my virginity to was actually not black but we all called her black because we were racist i mean we are racist and everyone called her black but she was really half dominican and half indian but her skin was black so we called her black um and i just like it's 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 fucking stupid if i'm alive if i if i talk to people like in public regularly and this is going on and i like let this go as it's not my it's not my battle and i want to self and you know self-preservation not put myself on the line like that's just a shitty way to live right i, like, I want to help if i can we've all done or, or not, we we all have done regrettable things in our yeah. childhood in our past blah, i blah, do blah, regrettable blah, blah. things every day yeah every day <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, to the day. but the point is to learn from those things and move on from them. Because if you can't, uh, if you can't address those things out loud with people that aren't your close group of friends, like, you know, if you, if you, if you could, if you had not been able to feel comfortable enough to be like, to tell me that you, the girl that you dated or the the girl you lost your virginity to, th this is an important, it's uncomfortable, of yeah, course. No, I, like I think it's fucking horrible that we just called her black because she had dark skin and we just, and uh, yeah, but she right. literally had no blackness in her entire family, like, but we called her black and. Right, but it's something that you've addressed in the years since or either personally or- Oh, a million times, yeah. A million times. And so that's good. That's, the, that's part of the thing. Like when we bring white people into this conversation, we don't want them to be afraid to just to speak. We, that's not what we want. We want them to hear what we have to say and believe us when we tell them that it happened. That's what we need yes. more than anything is like, is um, when I say support, I mean like you believe us without you having to know who, what, when, where, how, why, etc. I told you it happened. You should believe me um, because I'm not the only person with a story and there are hundreds more from like, I think every person that has submitted to us um, has at least like three things to say. Um, so give me a little bit. Uh, we, we've referred to the performative, you know, the oh, yeah. performative allyship and whatnot. Like, give me a little bit of that framework because, okay, I'll tell you two things from, you know, I'm a, I'm a super outspoken, whatever I am, you know, but I'm super outspoken. I'm, I'm, I'm straight. I'm male. I'm cis. I'm, I'm, whatever I you know I identify as Jewish if, if you want to talk to me as a Jew and I identify as white if you want to talk to me as a white guy um, so I get a lot of DMs you know and I get a lot of these questions these like things that they won't share publicly uh, the the biggest three things one the performative aspect how do I do stuff how do I make an impact how do I make it not performative two fear of cancellation and three towing the line of, okay, I know this is a moment to be about black people, but I also have problems. Where am I allowed to talk about those problems? How do they get involved? Th th those are, I think, the three right. biggest conflicts. And maybe we could break it down, but like, I definitely want you to talk about the performative allyship. Where do you sit with that? And what can we learn? I think, you know, this year and then the last month or so, especially, Black Lives Matter has become like very trendy to, to say and to do and to whatever. But you know, there's a difference between 
there are certain people that I always know they have my back, whether they are white, black, uh, Southeast Asian, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I always know they have my back and it didn't take this for them to, to show it. So if after George Floyd died, I have a friend that like every day she has posted consistently and without fault uh she's like because it's not just about like black lives matter and like her holding a fist in the in the air she's she's also ethnically uh jewish um and but she what did she say um it, 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 she will post the phone numbers of people to call she will post it's about the certain things that you do post when you do because if you're going to be on social media all day every day and just show me pictures of your cat i don't know where you stand i can't possibly know where you're where you stand and most of us don't have because of the way social media works and the way that it's functioned in our lives we don't have each other's phone numbers anymore there are people that just talk on instagram or just talk on facebook messenger so when I say, when I say I want to see less performative allyship, it requires some effort on your part and a continued prolonged effort. Because the, uh, the first day that you try, someone might be like, this is performative. The first week that you try, someone might be like, it's performative. But after two, three, four months, if you're consistent, I believe you then. If, it, if it's a year from now and you're still like, if Breonna Taylor's murderers still haven't been arrested or anything and you're still posting about Breonna Taylor, I'll be like, yes, thank you, because you haven't let up. Because what the problem that we've had with white allies, quote unquote, in the past is that they give up. They're like, oh, well, racism's over. Okay. Like, and that's like the end of the story. And that's the, pro uh, and that's the problem. It requires a, it, a concerted and exhaustive effort. And I, I, I don't think a lot of white people have been prepared for that up until this point. And even now they're still not prepared for it. They're exhausted already. And I'm like, y'all, it's only been a month and like a, a week, maybe since all this started. That's no time at all. Some of us have lived 20, 30, 40, 50 years being black in America and getting stopped by the cops and getting arrested or getting tickets for smoking weed in the park when we've seen our white friends do the same thing and the cop oh, just I've, says- Boys will be boys, yeah. Boys will be boys, end of, the, end, end, end of discussion. You I know? asked and them to get, uh, you know, I won't say who this person is, but I was like about to say it and then like, but I remember, uh, oh, sorry, like <laughs> uh, I came to someone's rescue. I got an SOS call. I was downtown DJing. Someone was in the park. They were not really doing anything, but the cops were arresting everyone. And I showed up and just like, because I was, I just talked man to man, you know, with the, the officer and he arrested the others and not the person who I, because it was like into my, I was being like the responsible adult, even though I, I was probably like 21 at the time, but I like came in super, I was just like on it for somehow, like I was just responsible. Was person of color? Others in the group were, not everyone, it was split, it was mixed, but I was just, just more my takeaway. It was this yep. wasn't a race thing on like prejudice side. It was more the inverse of how easy it is that like this, they, they were literally arresting, there were like 10, 15 kids and they were arresting everyone and they didn't arrest the person that I came like to pick up basically because I basically just like 
gave a good, I was just nice and pled and was like, this will really mess this person's, you know, scholarship up and like, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, nice and talked and looked the guy in the eye. And like, I was able to do that. Right. And, and it happened to me once. I don't, I don't do any drugs, but my friends all do. And I'm not saying this like to provide, I just li- I actually don't like, I'm just, I've never done drugs. I'm not like afraid to say if I did drugs, like for the record, I don't care. But um, I was caught holding the bag once, mm-hmm. literally. And the guy just like, he just said, don't do it again. He said, you know, he was super nice. He was like, he was like, man, like, you're lucky it was me and not someone else. Like, cause, cause someone else, one of my, one of my boys would have taken you in and like, it was just, I was like, wow. Like, I didn't even, I just thought we were going to jail. And like, that was it. I didn't think that it was an option that we were like, right. Gonna get let off. It was like, literally, there's a bag of drugs. And I was the one hiding it for my friend. And he just let us go and said, don't do it again. And I just yeah. know that that's not the experience that other people have. Yeah. The only reason why I asked if the, per- if the person in particular that you were able to not get arrested or whatever. I was coming for another white person, another Jewish white person. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was just curious. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's just. Um, I've never had a mixed. I've I've never like been with. I, I don't think. I'm trying to think if I've ever had like an interaction with police where I'm like with, with other people. Mixed. Yeah, like exactly. And and where I was treated differently. I don't think so. I haven't had that many interactions with police. But I don't think so. Like when I I know I've had like weird like when I've dated black girls, I've had weird like racism shit happen, but I don't think I don't think with police. Like I've had get out kinds of moments where, you know, like mm-hmm. they've said things and I'll like jump on them. But I don't think it's ever been with police. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what your initial question was. Um, Performative. We were we were getting into you oh, know yeah, allyship and like how so how people follow through with it. So so what you're talking about is you know the continued consistent support. Right. And, um, yeah. and also it, it's and how about, does it translate to IRL? You know. Right. Exactly. Because um, I think that. Um, I think that what people do is when they're, when they're performing allyship, it's usually a really short post. It has no substance to it. It didn't require you to wrestle with something and just like, you know, uh, I've seen some people who aren't performing allyship, who are real allies, real accomplices who are like, you know what? I had to look back at the history of what I've done personally in my life when I do this, that, and the other, or when I've done this, or when I got arrested, or and my friend, this, that, and when, when things happen in their life, and they're like, that was fucked up. Mm. And I realize that now. And going forward, I will do everything in my power to make sure that those circumstances do not happen again, and that I only use my privilege, as it were, to... Um, to further this movement and make sure that other people are heard because I have been heard too much, historically speaking. Maybe not personally, but historically speaking. Because again, it's not about like, we're not trying to make you like, 
your ancestor was a slave owner and blah, 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 blah. We don't care about that. You currently benefit from a system that has been created for you. And so if you acknowledge that fact and moving forward, continue to verbally acknowledge if I'm in an office space and my boss is like, wow, your hair is so beautiful and touches my hair without asking me, instead of you texting me afterwards and being like, are you okay? I'm so that sorry. we connect on. Because <laughs> I have like hair. fucked up Jewish hair <laughs> and people always touch it. And I'm like, what makes you think that you could do that? You motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> a whole petting zoo. But yeah. like, um, but yeah, so Don't like. touch me. <laughs> but instead of texting me afterwards, I need you to speak up at the time. I need you to say, hey, why did you do that? <laughs> Why, why did you think that that was okay? Because I understand people are afraid for their jobs or afraid for whatever. I, I understand yeah, so that. So now we get into part two, which is the cancel culture. So like, how do we, yeah, how do we get people safe to speak up with cancel culture in the air? More people speaking up. Okay. So, so, the, so if, if you're talking about cancel culture in the sense, there's two, there's two different things that I think are happening here. So yeah, do it. Uh, in terms of get, getting canceled by like your employer or like, you know, uh, ramifications of trying to stick up for your black uh, friends and family. Um, in terms of that, again, it's about everybody collectively being like, we all saw that that was fucked up. Instead of just sitting quietly in the corner being like, was that bad? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, instead of questioning it, just say, first check with the person because sometimes some people don't want you to want you to speak for them but be like hey i like i saw that happen do you want me to address it because you know sometimes right there's a difference yeah there's there's a difference um because we don't need you to speak up for us we don't need you to be like what the equivalent of like a slave master being like oh no i can vouch for this one like we don't need that what we do need yeah, like the Brad Pitt in 12 Years a Slave, I think. Yeah, that exactly. was that guy. Yeah. yeah. And so all, all of you, if, if I'm in a room with 10 people and at least like three other people speak up, that's not just me, then I'm not just, I'm not the crazy, angry black lady. Then it's everybody who's like, and then they're like, oh, I guess I have to look back at what I did and that was messed up. But then there's cancel, when it, when it comes to cancel culture, there's cancel culture, cancel culture. And I think that you can't be afraid because you're not going to say perfect things all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's neither here nor there because nothing we say, what I'm saying right now, I'm ramble. I am ramble-tastic right now. I know that sometimes what I'm saying. I don't, is, I don't think so. Sometimes I feel like that. But in any case, like, there's a series. Well, I, I honestly, Zuri, like the, the, what's good about this as I see it is a lot of people are getting bite-sized information that is, um, you know, sure. brought down into what can be in a square right on your phone. And right. the reason why I asked you to do this with me is, is, is to go, is to do this exactly to, to give you the, the freedom to just speak. And, and I don't consider it rambling. I consider you, you're being thorough and you're following, you're also being emotional and it's, it's really dense and it's really emotional. So I, I would not consider it ram I mean, honestly, like this is, I don't even want to another conversation, but invoke like when people call Kanye's speaking ranting, I don't, I, I get, I, I hate it. 
I hate when they say ranting about him because he's, he's being, he's saying everything that he has to say and he's saying it emotionally and he's not withholding emotion or information and he's doing the whole thing and he's, and he's using his platform to get all the information out that he wants to get out. Whether I have no idea where you sit with, with Kanye West. So I don't want to start, I don't want to make that this conversation. Yeah, exactly. That's like a whole nother episode, but um, (laughs) I, I just, I just mean like you just the idea of rambling and ranting, like I I'm hearing you and I'm getting all of your points and I think you're saying them in, you're speaking really well and and I want you to do that. I don't want, I don't, I don't think being, being synthesizing it down into a sentence is not like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. I guess I'm not used to, uh, that's another thing. I'm not used to people that are not like my friends and family just letting me like chat, chat, chat about (laughs) these kind of things. Like it's so, it's so rare to have the, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, um, and I, I wish that I could like, I wish that I could one-on-one have a conversation with like, not every single white person. There are plenty of bad faces <laughs> that I do not want to speak to, but there are some people that I wouldn't mind ha- sitting down and having a conversation with. I, I, one of the things that I would like to do, um, uh, pending speaking with the rest of my, my, my brethren at Black at Dalton, um, brethren and sistren as it were, um, but is that I would love to have um i don't know if you've seen emmanuel acho on um youtube he's been having a co- like no. uncomfortable conversations with a black man um and he's up to episode five and he's had private like just him talking to his viewers but also um he's been talking to a lot of uh famous uh texas celebrities because te- he's from texas um so he's been talking to some texas-based celebrities including matthew mcconaughey um about race and it's uncomfortable sometimes they're asking questions and they're really like squirming but he's made it a comfortable space for them to ask the questions that are necessary for us to move past a certain point but again it's not about making i don't want to make white people comfortable because that's not the point the point is that the conversation is uncomfortable and then once we can talk about it then we can move past it then we can like come up with the how you best fit into the movement because until we can you know you have all these uh, people have questions what was what was one of the questions people asked was like um but what about um you know people always like to be like but what about black on black crime or like you know (laughs) yeah yeah and then that whole uh, bad faith argument but if i if someone really believes that that's a thing i can explain to them why it's not it's there, there's certain people that are to do that right now. No, I, I, yes, <laughs> that's just, just an example. But, um, but like I can explain to them why it's not. And as long as we are sitting and having a good faith conversation, cause you actually want to learn and you actually intend to absorb the information and then be like, Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that before. Let me think on that now and ruminate. And then then I'll have, and then have a, not, not a rebuttal, but have a, then have a conversation mm-hmm. based on my new knowledge. Um, the problem with a lot of white people right now is that they're on the defense. They're on the defense. They're like, yeah. oh no, I, I, that's not what I meant. Or, oh, oh that's, uh, oh, oh, so you want to, you no, want us to change, um, no, you're fine. Um, you want us to change um, Aunt Jemima and take the Land Lakes butter lady off the thing? Like things that we haven't asked for. We're asking for very specific things as a like. Did as you a see wider. they took down Bob's big boy? 
Oh, no, I didn't see that. So they took down Bob's Big Boy. It was like a really funny article. Like they didn't do a crazy announcement. There has been no uh, like backlash to Bob's Big Boy other than he's like a little, like he's like got a belly. He's, he's overweight. But um, like what's really funny, it's so, it, okay. It's like when a CEO resigns and you don't know why, but then you find out a week later and it's like, like it's surprised, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so it's like, what did Bob's Big Boy do? Because <laughs> like, we know it's going to come. Some controversy is going to come out. They wouldn't right. have removed the mascot for no reason. At this time, you know, they wouldn't have done it. It's too right. signaling. Right. So and it's so- like something's going to come out at Bob's Big Boy. <laughs> and sometimes I don't, sometimes we don't need to hear about it. If you just I know who cares. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, who cares about Aunt Jemima? If they had just done it without telling us, oh no my one God. Would, like, no one would have known. The Aunt Jemima and- thing is so fucked, by the way. Like, I'm you probably know this already, but, like, I, I went to a, um, I was in Atlantic City earlier, or at the end of last year, and there's there's this little museum in Atlantic City right by White House, which, which is, like, the best, best sandwiches, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, and there's a, it's it's, like, a history of, like racism basically and it's got all of the iconography and the real stories and all the all the little like artifacts of um Aunt Jemima and oh my god it's so fucked like that it's it's just like that it took this movement to it's the the Aunt Jemima story is so gross and, right, and it's always uh, been gross the fact yeah, that you it's ate- been around for so long and it's been out there for so long Right. I remember when they changed the Aunt Jemima, when they changed her to have like hair instead of having her, um, her scarf. Oh yeah. Um, and they just changed it. So she looked like someone's auntie and, and, and it was just like, okay, but it's still a problem. Like still a problematic thing. Change the whole thing. You have to change the name. Like that the woman who Aunt Jemima was based off of didn't get very much, didn't get money at all. Like she didn't, she she got replaced exactly and so like quickly yeah it was fucked that peak like all these corporations that have done similar things that's peak performative allyship um what lady antebellum did peak performative allyship or uh, like just changing their name so that it's no longer antebellum but then suing the black woman who has their now their current name lady a that's a whole it's just like how oh wow you know? oh i didn't know that part oh yeah that. that happened like yesterday or maybe earlier today like <laughs> they, 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 they they're suing her for for so they can use <laughs> the name and it's she's a 61 year old black woman she's, who had the name been doing it for her whole life yeah <laughs> for most of her life and i'm just it's, it's out of control and and so so here's a frame so hate racism versus like that kind of racism right like what i think is really and, and we touched on this a little and then and then got off on other stuff but like this is something that is so difficult for me to get across to people that I, I think is so important that like, you know, using the N word, like it's the same thing with, with misogyny. You know, I talk to my friends, like violent rape is not the only form. Like, like, like you're not a good man if you don't violent, if you don't hold a woman down in an alley and, 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 and violently rape her and beat her up. That's not, that's not what, that's not the violation. There's a million other things. And, you know, so uh, a lot of people basically like, as long as I don't use the N word, as long as I don't, you know, blah, 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 I'm not racist. Right. So h- how do you, you know, it's, it's, it's like in get out. It's like, I would have voted for Obama a third term, you know, Jesse Owens. Like I, I try and use that. That I think was just, it synthesized it so well, but people didn't get it. 
people thought, you know, these are crazy people. So how, how do we, how do we explain hate racism versus like everyday racism, everyday racism? <laughs> um, well, everyone knows what hate racism is. It's very yeah. clear. It marks itself. It's not, um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There might be better um, language for this also. And please like illuminate me if I'm, um, I can't think of it right now. But if I do, I'll I'll try to drum okay. it up. But um, but I think there's overt racism, everyday racism. I think that's how I would put it. Cool. Um, everyday racism is not about using the N word. It's about again, like I said, touching my hair and thinking that you have authority to pet my to pet me, basically, or um, it, uh, saying how well spoken I am. Um, or saying how pretty you are for a black girl, like those kind of things. That's everyday racism that people don't see because they're trying to they're trying to pay you a compliment. They're they're trying to like your hair's so beautiful, let me touch it. Your skin's so gorgeous, you're so beautiful, etc. Uh, etc. Et they think it's a compliment when in reality it's a backhanded one. And if I if I if I was to say something similar to them, they would feel like someone slapped them. How is it, how is it a back, I know this sounds so stupid, no, but like, right. how is it a backhanded compliment? Um, it's a backhanded compliment because it says, you could have just said I was pretty. You could have just said, you could have said without touching, like your hair is gorgeous. You, you could it's say- qualifying. It's saying it's qualifying. for this. Yeah. With this yeah. deficit that you have, you are still pretty. Right, exactly. Um, and there's such a a history of, you know, of being considered one of the good ones or, uh, you know, the, kind of this like house slave versus field slave uh, mentality, the way that people address certain kinds of black people. So uh, black people- People still say that, house- and people still say that yeah like so black Sam people Jackson, who, who, who go to yes django <laughs> unchanged like, um but uh but when you have um kids like me who look like me who go to dalton are therefore educated in white spaces and then speak therefore speak the way that we do we're like the lucky ones. We should be grateful. The, um, uh, th that kind of verbiage is so like mired in our racial past. Um, you know, the well-read slave, the, 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 uh, the well-read the well unsavaged being. Like as if, if, we, if I had gone to PS, 171 for the rest of my life that that would make me a lesser person because of it um when you go to schools like dalton you go to institutions like that or when you afterwards if you go to schools like harvard etc you're the one who made it out mm. you know as opposed yeah, at the to same time we will glorify black athletes black musicians and all of that and and leave the rest of it out and and not worry about that but yeah, I think there's something to something I posted about when it's speaking of black athletes and musicians and whatnot. I think that so bad, I, I, I believe anyway, that so badly people want to, um, black people want to 
be considered more than just another, just another gang member, more than just another hood rat, more than just another baby mama, et cetera, et cetera, stereotype. And so by going into the arts, by trying to be a Beyonce, by trying to be a Kendrick Lamar, by trying to be a Dr. Dre, by trying to be, um, uh, uh, who am I thinking about? Um, football, but like Richard Sherman, et cetera, like trying to be mm -hmm. all of these um, one percent beautiful, excellent black figures that we do have. Um, it's an attempt to be considered an individual as opposed to a statistic. Um, like individualism is right. so prided I see in what you're saying. Yeah, individualism is so prided in America, but black people are That's not- That's a whole nother thread, yeah, yeah. We're like a monolith, we, 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 we're a monolith, like, oh, look at them killing each other in Chicago, or look at how um, black fathers are not around. How the fuck do you know? Just because someone's not married doesn't mean they're not around, first of all. That's first and foremost. I know plenty of black fathers that are around, they're just not married to the mothers of their kids. Those are two different things. And so- we, we, Same goes for white. No, no, of course, but like, no, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, like, like the way that we paint this picture that like black families are broken, like white families are just as broken. Um, I think it's a stupid stereotype. Um, exactly, and so I think that um, they could. What I would, what I would say is that like. American individualism is so, you know, that's what people want. They, they're like, yes, I'm my own person. I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I did this, that, and the other. It's, it's such a part of the culture of American capitalism and American society. And yet, um, unless we have value to the wider society as black people, we have no worth. And unless we are fully functioning, uh, giving something to the society, giving back to the people that gave to us, that gave us these opportunities for this education, mm -hmm. then Fix we- goes into the assimilation, yeah. Exactly, then, then, then it's as if we don't have any value whatsoever. It took Beyonce, how many years did it take Beyonce to really like dig deep and do formation? Yeah, it wasn't until people, th this is something I talk about because I'm, I'm a you know, music industry person. Right. like. People don't realize like Beyonce was not a thing until that self-titled Beyonce record came. She was famous. She was a she was a big. She wasn't queen. No, but there there was no crossover for Beyonce. Beyonce was an R and B artist. Remember Sasha Fierce? Yeah. Like, how'd that do? You know, like no one right. gave a shit about the Sasha Fierce record. Like, Halo was like the one thing that kind of did something in that period. There was, it was just like not really. She was an R and B artist, and she was amazing. But like, she was not what she was not a crossover thing. It was that record that that crossed it over. That surprise iTunes drop that that did it. Well, see, I see. I don't think so. This is what I see. I'm gonna push back. I disagree. Oh yeah, like, go for it. Um, because um, let me try to remember like the actual order of her albums. But in any case, there was Beyonce. There was B Day, uh, Sasha Fierce, uh, Four. Uh, and then formation or something like that. But um, before formation, Beyonce was 
she it was still R and B to its you know sound wise, but for a lot of people it was pop and people loved oh, yeah, Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, she had like, single ladies and stuff. Single ladies, it, people in the club, they loved that shit. That's that's what they bought to. But then eventually, Beyonce became so big that she could do whatever the fuck she wanted. And then finally she was able to do formation. She was able to put out a lemonade album. Yeah. Where it, as if she had put that out in 2000. Okay, I, I didn't realize what, 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 what angle you were taking. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. She needed to do all of this to get to the place where she could speak social justice in her music. Yeah. Exactly. And, and unfortunately we all have some, there's so many people, Audrey McDonald, uh, Tony Award winning actress has won six Tony Awards <laughs> in her life. And at, and at some, at, I think at some level, there's still a fear. Move, move your phone away from the microphone. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. it's my, let me, um, it's, I know what it is. It's my, um, cause computer. it'll, it'll just, it'll, uh, distort the way you're talking. Yeah. It's my computer. I'm turning off. Okay. Do not disturb. Um, I watched Frankie and Johnny last year with her and Michael Shannon. It was awesome. Oh, you did? I didn't get a chance to mm-hmm. It was really good. Um, she's amazing. She's she's incredible, but she's a six-time Tony Award-winning actress. I would say up until very recently in her life, she hasn't spoken out about a lot of things. And to, to, to her, I I understand that. I under a hundred percent understand why. Um, it's uh, what we do as artists. It's it's fleeting. It could be like one minute you're in, the next you're out. Um. And so to have as vaunted a, a position as Beyonce, to have as high a position in, in, um, in the rap sphere um, as the <clears throat> Kendrick Lamars or um, to, for good and bad, Kanye West, um, et cetera, to get to that place is what people want so that people will listen to what we have to say. Because college dropout, before college dropout, who cared about Kanye West? Nobody, what he have to say, no, nobody. So, and, but now he's might run for president. And again, a whole nother thing. But that was not a serious thing 10, 15 years ago. And I, it makes me sad that at some level, again, that we feel that to prove to wider wider society and whiter society, uh, no pun intended, um, that in order to prove our worth, we have to be like shuck and jive, basically in some way, shape, or form. Whether that's entertainment, enter entertainment value, or to show our value, uh, if if we happen to be lawyers or if we happen to be accountants, and be like, look, I can crunch numbers three times as good as the guy in the cubicle next mm-hmm. to me. Um, it's all about proving how much we are worth in order to not be seen as less. Which is very strange in the, in the arts specifically because the contribution of specifically, you know, United States, black Americans, like, I mean, to every, not just music, but every art, it's, it's crazy. And we don't give, nearly 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 enough representation or credit or allowance i don't know you know payment (laughs) like it's it's terrible so going into what you were just talking about back into like black adulton the decision to you know you are speaking publicly and you have partners who choose to be an 
we talked about this before. I don't, I don't ask this. I don't bring this up to revealing when that's, I, I could not care any less, but I am interested in speaking to why there, the environment within which you have peers who are doing this work with you, who do not want to make themselves known. What's that environment? Um, some of them have experienced Dalton at a certain level and they're afraid of backlash. Um, I, I know that uh, a couple people have been involved with the alumni council um, and that experience really turned them off from dealing with Dalton in general and how Dalton tends to, to, to respond to these issues um, makes them uncomfortable um, it, it makes them uncomfortable. Um, I think at some point they'll feel fr the freedom to, to express themselves openly and be uh, authentic, uh, authentically openly themselves. But right now, um, based off of how the way, the way that the school has responded thus far, doesn't give them confidence in putting their name out there and possibly getting um, some form of ret retribution. Um, and which I, I which I totally understand. Um, I personally, I, I like I said, like I've been saying, I'm in the theater arts. My industry is dead right now during these COVID times. So I have like nothing else to do. I have nothing else to do but I have nothing else to do but time to address these um, very pertinent issues. I think it's um, also beneficial to what you know musical theater performing arts like yeah make this part of your i mean like i'm i'm making uh, fingers crossed i'm making a film at the end of the year and like everyone who i have involved in it i it's the people you know i, I know i they're involved because of their what's going on in the rest of their lives it, it's not like an audition tape you know i know them because of other things and they're in it because they touch aspects of the film. And for me, the film is, is, is a way of understanding, not just creating a text for other people to read and understand, but we're making a thing whereby we are going to understand the thing better. So I want to surround that making with people who have ideas and experiences to contribute relevant okay. ones. So, so I think, you know, you doing this as, with the rest of your life being in the performing arts, it's, it's, it's helpful actually adds texture to your work. Yeah. I, I'd like, to, I'd like to think so. Um, I, I love, I love to talk about issues. I love to, um, to really converse with people deeply on a deep level about these things. And I find that people are afraid to have these conversations in general, as I, as I said before. And I think that part of what I offer to the group as a whole is that aside from willing to be like a willingness to put my face out there, there's also a huge amount of passion um, for for Dalton and the promise that it that that it gives to its kids, um, like like in a, like uh, there was a the, I don't know if you saw it when it came out, but I remember um, I think when I was in high school, they came out with American Promise, and it was um, the parents of a young black boy. Yeah. It was um, at Sundance. I think I was at Sundance when it, when it was yeah. there. Yeah, um, and 
they came out with that and it was American Promise. And I think that Dalton is a microcosm of America in that way. Um, you know, all these ideals that they aspire to, but have not yet attained for the a hundred percent of their population. And I think they have the ability, they definitely have the resources and I believe they have the ability to attain it. They just have gone about it the wrong way and they expect us to do so much unpaid emotional labor in order to rectify the wrongs that they have done. Um, in the past, like with the, there's a mentorship program, that's like part and parcel to a huge part of the problem. You know, you expect- uh, what, alumni, Why is that, yeah. You expect alumni who are still going through bullshit that they had to deal with at Dalton <laughs> um, to somehow guide high school students through what is probably not the, best time socially um at their at their at their school um it, it's really hard to 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 guide people through something you're still trying to contend with it's really hard as a what, what is the mentorship program like because i had nothing like that i don't know i know it's only for kids of color um oh wow. that's what it, that's the thing because if, if ever if everyone got a mentor this would be a different conversation maybe but I mean, only we'd be in a different world. Right. <laughs> like, honestly, like if I had a mentor when I was going through what I was going through, like, like, like I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm, I'm actually thinking like, yo, I, first of all, really wish I've talked about this a lot. Like I really mm -hmm. wish I did have that when I was in that stage. And I don't know, not to prop myself up at all, but like, I feel super capable of mentoring, a, you know, a kid who is going through similar things that I went through. I, I would be, excited at that they wouldn't let me i don't think because i'm me and they'd be worried for the reasons that they write you their you know formulaic emails but Anarchy. i would i would be <laughs> i i think i would be great at it i i would i would feel i would i would be excited about doing something i think it's helpful i would love it if every kid had someone to call and be like yo i don't know what to do right now and i fucking hate it and you know, have someone right. say, yeah, like when I, like, I got my girlfriend pregnant when I was like 20 and, or no, no, probably, probably like, probably, yeah, 19, like, and I, the world, I was ready to die. Like, I thought the world was going to end. And my friend, could we were, we were going to, like, we decided, like, you know, we should uh, get an abortion. And I thought that was the worst thing. Like, and then my friend who was like, maybe seven years older than me, I didn't have any money. And I called him to borrow $500. And he asked me why. And I told him, and he told me that like, he laughed and he was like, he like just made me feel okay about it. And he like, cause he saw how much I was freaking out as if this was like the first time it ever happened to anybody. And he, I still thought it was horrible and I was terrified and I felt so bad for my girlfriend, but just having another person in the world who sort of told me that I wasn't that like this thing that I'm going through right now that she is going through that like, this is not going to like, like, like I thought she was going to die and I was like so terrified and stuff. I was so, I was very ignorant at the time and, and I was just terrified and felt horrible, but it was this conversation with an older friend who just like gave me a little bit of perspective and 
like I don't entirely agree with him because I still think it's way more horrible than he does. He thought it was just kind of like, oh, we all go through it. It was kind of like that. And I was like, eh, I don't, I, even now today, like I spoke to him recently and I was like, that was kind of fucked up. But like, like that you, you've said that, but it's still, it was so much better than me being alone and festering and having no idea what to do. So I, I think mentorship is fucking amazing. No, and there's not, nothing wrong with mentorship at its base, but the mm -hmm. way that it functions at Dalton, um, or at least the way that it felt like for a lot of us older alums, um, when I say older, I mean over like 26. I don't mean like necessarily like 40 and, 40 and up. But, um, but for us older alums, I think that it just seems in retrospect that Dalton wasn't willing to do the work to make sure that the students didn't have to experience the things that required mentorship to begin with. Okay. And so I, I think there's room for both, but I think that what it comes down to is Dalton has to be willing to really um, be like, okay, Hey everybody, so we fucked up, sorry. Like, like again, profusely apologize and apologize specifically about specific things that you didn't do, not just generically, just you have to be like, hey, those teachers that we never fired, so sorry about that. Those teachers or th th those- They've uh, now been fired. They've now been fired. Those, um, those kids that had to go to the preceptor lab otherwise they wouldn't wouldn't be permitted or no it's not the preceptor lab the, the the students that had anger issues which they didn't but they, they the school decided they had anger issues it was always kids of color to the point of which they wouldn't allow them to graduate unless they went to a to the school counselor once a week um the, the we have i had um, that we, we Sure, but it happened a lot to kids of color for I know, I know, oh no, I know, yeah. dumb like nonsense reasons. Yeah. Um, so like from the time that people were in middle school until they left. Um, and it's just like it's really unfortunate. No, there was a black girl who was who was who was classified, you know, a behavioral issue, you know, whatever, like right. behavioral exactly. issues. And no, it was just people were dicks to her all the time. I can still remember in my head this joke that everyone used to tell at her expense, and it was she didn't she you know to be whatever to be straight up she doesn't talk like you and she talks in you know in, in a more stereotypical way and people just people like made fun of her all the time for it and it was fucking it was it was i knew it was racist then and i can still i still like i have it in my head i know like there's like jokes that you never forget you know what i mean like and i know exactly the tone and who would say it and she would clap back and that was her behavior issue that she was right. getting racial slurs thrown at her all the time. And right. she would clap back. She didn't have a behavior issue. It was like what you were talking about. Like this kid was bullying you and you said, stop. Right. And I only think that because part of the, part of the reason why that wasn't worse for me other than getting suspended for a few days is because my mother said my mother said to the head of the to libby hickson she said let me be very clear if you had protected my daughter from the beginning she wouldn't have had to protect herself yeah. so i you know i i can't speak to what my mom actually did to like alleviate any kind <laughs> of <laughs> she handled it. 
she she handled it in a way that only Felicia Franklin Washington can. Um, but like, I I appreciate my mother is a level head, and she is a, a better woman than I when it comes to these kind of things. But she it's like she, she came home and she was just like, it's handled. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I I never even heard tell of exactly, it. Right, right. You did, you did, you don't need to know wasn't a thing anymore i it's like I, no one ever made me go to like a therapist no one ever did like that wasn't a thing so um i'm very grateful that i did not have to experience that but i know plenty of other people that did good mom um and so i i hope what i really hope going forward is that dalton is sincere because again sincerity is the key word i think when it comes to dalton and what if you don't get that though if we don't get that, then we work outside of them. Like, what, what if you get compliance without sincerity? I don't think that that's possible because to get the ch- kind of changes that we want done, there has to be sincerity involved. Okay. I, I, I think okay. that, uh, yeah. Because I don't think self-preservation will ever, it's number one with a bullet, you know? Self-preservation. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it is number one with a bullet. And that's not gonna, there's no, there's no getting rid of the self-preservation there. So until self-preservation and compliance become connected, I don't know how you get compliance with sincerity, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I believe that we can get some form of sincerity. Part of uh, my my action plan, because especially as an artist, I was thinking, who went to the school or who is parenting at the school that I can talk to and get to on our side? Because if we get financial and or clout support, that's yeah, a do huge, it. Go. You have to be a sniper. Exactly, you have and to that's be an a infantryman huge. and a sniper. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a and that's a huge thing when it comes to Dalton. Dalton very much cares about its money and its clout. So if we, uh, if I can somehow, some way, talk to I, if Anderson Cooper would get on the phone with me and Zoom me, which I'm sure he'd be more than happy to do if I get can get, garner his interest. As an alum, you got Taylor think, Lorenz. Oh yeah, the, the, like there's New York plenty. Times. There's plenty there's so many people uh and um but taylor is like one notch below anderson cooper at this point she's major i'm gonna i'm gonna make just letting you know like i don't know if you realize like she's heavy i think i'm less aware on a like like news (laughs) like whatever uh, just like like, let me tell you though like taylor is is a big like taylor has a book deal uh, it's going to be a Taylor's book will be the book of the year. Like Taylor's heavy and she's a star. Um, and she backs you guys big time. And she is like, she's your path to Anderson. I would say. Thank Thank you for that. Cause that's like, tell I, her, I, I, Hey, we're trying, trying to, he, he spoke at my graduation. Like he cares about Dalton. If you got Taylor, like I don't really have any, I don't have any Anderson Cooper connection. My parents do, but my parents are not going to help. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. No, they help in their ways. They're not going to help this. I, I love my parents, and I, I don't mean to, you know, talk ill. Um, they do things differently. My, my 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 dad is like a huge, amazing leader with like his diversity initiatives. He's like the founder of organizations and shit. Um, but he does things differently, and he would not encourage you to 
to go on CNN with Anderson Cooper. I think right. I'm not, I, again, I'm not quoting my dad. I am guessing. No, yeah. No, the, <laughs> I mean, it's a good guess. He's, he's, um, he's very Jewish and he thinks like this kind of thing should be done in quiet and stuff like that. So, so right. they don't and like that, that I talk out loud about things like this. Right. And that's, that's the problem is that I don't, we don't think it should be done in quiet. There's so I'm little transparency. No, yeah. no, I know you. Yeah. Uh, there's so little transparency when it comes to these kind of things. And that's what we're lacking right now. We don't know, supposedly the school like canceled the last three days of classes and have these anti-racism whatevers with the rest of the student body, but we don't know what that looked like. We don't know what- We don't have black students, current students right now? We don't have enough connection with them yet to know exactly okay. what happened. We're trying to facilitate it, but right now it's like, you know, a tenuous connection and so we're getting we're getting there okay. um mostly we're older alumni you know like over yeah. over like i said over 25 but we're getting there um and trying to make about who else yeah. current students are scared like current students are like you know they, they are there but they're also like they have to get their know? college acceptance letters right, and stuff exactly. like or, or not exactly. acceptance uh what is it called uh promotion oh, what the fucking you know what i'm talking about like uh recommendation recommendations <laughs> yeah recommendation letters and yeah. all that stuff um but you know there's at some level they're scared they're, they they want to be involved but they're not sure how they can be involved without jeopardizing themselves and that's the culture that we want to change man like that's so crazy that there's not this didn't even occur to me before talking to you like i assumed there was a star at dalton who was like you know a you who's 16 right now, who's like shouting from the rooftops and everyone's like scared of, of, of her, you know? Like well, I just assumed that person was there and wow. They exist, let me, let me, let me not uh, completely like say that no one has existed to do this kind of thing. There have been plenty of people that have tried, but they are not heard. They're kind of like, oh, look at this student speak about these various issues. And they're like, oh, that's so good. You speak so well. And then they kind of just move on. It's, it, it, no one has taken them seriously, I believe, is, is the main problem. Um, I know plenty of people who have tried once leaving Dalton to be a part of their diversity, equity, and inclusion um, workshops, etc. But it's a lot of just hollow bullshit. And they hear the hollow bullshit and they're like, Oh yeah, the diversity the assemblies. I had that as a note to, to, to ask you about, but we, we kind of, you know, drifted. But yeah, I assume I kind of, uh, they're not really effective, right? They're not really effective. They yeah. don't really need to They were change. a joke when we were there. Exactly. It's a, it's a joke. It's a, it's a joke. And as, as much as um, people attempt to really give the, the moment, the decorum and the, the, um, the I slept through them. Yeah. Yeah. You say decorum. That was my decorum as a student well, a when I was there. People. For a lot of people. Meanwhile, when, uh, I don't know if you were there when Donnie Deutsch came to speak at the school, but Donnie Deutsch. I know Donnie Deutsch, but I don't remember him speaking, he but I know who he is. Yeah. And we were so rude. <laughs> but everyone was, <laughs> Everyone was like, nope, this is terrible. They were why? Like, what, what was not, not that I'm like a big supporter, I just mean like, why specifically? Yeah, I can't remember the details, but I just remember he just he's like a legendary like, ad man, basically, advertising, 
Right, and he just sounded like a braggadocio. He wasn't. Oh yeah, wasn't I mean, like, look at his hair and his cheeks and shit. <laughs> but I, I rem- all I remember of that assembly is the aftermath, which is the school screaming at us for how we behaved, oh. basically. Like, and I was like, but. But he didn't inspire like, us to pay attention, so. Eh. Right, and it's the only time that I ever remember that actually happening. Meanwhile, there are plenty of other moments and assemblies that deserved people's attention and people, like, you know, why aren't people being talked to when um if someone comes to school talking about drugs in a serious way like they were a crack addict or cocaine addict or something and it's people end up falling asleep why are people talking to people after that and being like hey that person was saying something important why didn't you pay attention we got yelled at for one of the like tooliest assemblies that ever existed like what did it offer to us nothing not like but in any case um i i i see what you mean yeah but that's beside the point um i'm gonna babe you're so loud no it's okay you're laughing but i'm being interviewed you're not so (laughs) (laughs) but in any case um but i think that um yeah i think that dalton would do well to bring us to the table because we want to work with them but we also a we're not going to do it for free not Mm. anymore they they've been like siphoning off of us for years people have been doing so much unpaid labor even people who work for the school do far more um than than they than they should or that they that they're currently being paid for like you get let's say 50 grand a year to teach a class but then on top of that you're also counseling a bunch of students who aren't in your house but just because by virtue of you being the only Asian teacher or or the only uh Chinese teacher or the only um black teacher in the uh and not the theater department in the uh English department by virtue of all of those things you somehow become like the the go-to for all of these other issues and so you need to pay those people ten thousand extra for for all the work that they do outside of school hours outside of people staying till six seven eight nine p.m to make sure that these students are well taken care of and y'all sleep well at night because you leave the building at 4 p.m yeah i had a teacher who when i was getting in trouble he got to school early i remember and stayed outside there was a rumor i was going to do something like stupid which wasn't true but he stood outside to wait for me to stop me from coming to to stop me before i got in in case i was we didn't have cell phones in case i was going to do this stupid thing and i was surprised i had no idea what he was talking about which was the relief but but he did that he came early and stood outside for an hour. He didn't know what time I was getting in. And he just stood outside for like an extra, like for, for a long time to wait for me, to tell me, to like stop me from doing this, making a mistake, which I wasn't going to make, but that teacher did that. No one ever like, he didn't get extra money for, for doing. And he did stuff like that every day. Like when a kid was having a tough time, if there was like a divorce or something like that, you know, he would be the one to like talk to that kid and stay after. And yeah, like he just got, he just was a teacher. 
teachers have taken on the uh, across the spectrum from public school to private have taken on the social worker aspect right yeah he did social work that's exactly what he did yeah and and that's a whole other ball game um when it comes to caring for the well-being of your students meanwhile there are other teachers who could give two flying fucks about, about well that that's a huge problem with the educational system entirely you know this is the macro of what we're talking about is that like the United States does not incentivize people to go be teachers. There's no upside to it, you know? So what do you end up, who, who ends up being a teacher? A tiny, tiny, tiny group of people who are just super, you know, blindly passionate about it and they just decide to. Uh, you get people doing it because they consider it like, you know, a, a charity kind of thing. Um, and then you get people who, you, you get, you know, who wanted, who wanted to, direct in theater but can't so they teach you know in the arts and so many people this is not just the arts it's anything but um so many people in the arts like they make their extra 30 grand a year teaching while they're making documentaries or something like that or or you know they're in a band or whatever but then but they teach music five days a week and they subsidize effectively their life of their passion with teaching but it's like this thing that they hate I don't want to speak for everyone, but there's just a, there's a type, there's a, there's a, a certain archetype of person who does not want to be there. They want to go be doing these things, but they can't. And so they teach. And that's just like, it sucks that that's the dynamic and there's no upside to it. There's no upside to like being a better teacher. Like that guy who was the best who stood outside and was like a social worker and a teacher and a guidance counselor and like also like would take me to plays because he knew I was into theater. Like he would take me to theater, like just us. Cause he, cause there was no one else, no one else like indulged my interest in the arts. Bender was the only one who had a film class, but that was just second semester right. senior year. And um, I was already like gone by then, but uh, he was the only, there was only one teacher who like acknowledged that I gave a shit about film and theater. And he took me to theater on weekends. Sometimes he did not get anything for that. There was no, there's no upside to being like a better teacher. It's just, you get to keep your job. Yeah, and, that sucks. And, that, and then also that you live on in the memories of your students as like a great teacher, but what does that like for yeah. some teachers that's good and that's enough, but it's also, but it's still exhausting at the end of the day. It's still exhausting. They still have families to get back to mm -hmm. at, uh, like at the end of the day, it's not like where they're only for the most part, not, we're not their only family. We're not their only per people that they talk to. They have kids at home. They got wives, uh, spouses, uh, girlfriends, boyfriends, etc. family friends that they neglect for the sake of trying to do better for us, which I appreciate them for wholly, but like, God, the amount that uh, like to go back to Sage in part, Sage used to be, Sage was a fifth grade teacher <laughs> and then went on to become like diversity yeah. coordinator. Um, and it was more or less a thankless job that didn't have any real authority. Um, Cause the diversity department at the school doesn't get its own budget. You have to like beg, borrow and steal. So it's more signaling <laughs> and yeah. Right. Uh, in order to get anything, not to get anything done, but basically it, uh, you have two different kinds of diversity coordinators in any institution. It's one that's exhausted and it's getting the runaround. Mm -hmm. And then one who is just an arm of the school. 
Those right. are the two different kinds of diversity coordinators you get. And very, 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 very rarely you get one that the, the, the company is also like super supportive and they're like, yes, please do whatever you need to do. But that's not what, how, that's not where Dalton is currently. The self-preservation um, I think is still. Yeah. So, okay. So I don't know, just extrapolating, like now that we've talked for a little bit, what, this, there might not, you know, it might just be, you know, see the last two hours, but anything that you haven't said that either you, you know, want to ask me or, or on the other side is like, what, what can I do that I already don't, obviously you've said a million things, but is there anything that, I don't know. Um, I think that speaking to what can you do and like you know when yeah when you've obviously cited a million things and I, I just mean like is there anything yeah, no, else yeah no yeah I think there's also I which I, I I believe based on this conversation that you attempt to do in your day-to-day -day life but for, for other people who are listening as well Great, what yeah. you can do primarily is educate yourself and not just like you know ask your not just ask your black friends hey did you really experience that that's not all that's also not what we need what we need you to do is there are plenty of books there are plenty of articles there are plenty of really um well uh well researched and well uh intentioned pieces that have been written for decades years, centuries, etc., that I think are instrumental in moving forward, um, in understanding where we find ourselves. Um, like people have been trying to read like Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates or like uh, White Fragility, etc. But there's many more things beyond that that I think people really need to delve into and to try to find a book club of people, not just white people, though you guys need to talk amongst yourselves. I think that once you read those things, you come away with more knowledge than you went in with, and therefore you'll be able to have a more nuanced conversation. So when you post on your status, instead of just being like, wait, so racism still exists. You can be like, hey, so I was reading in um, in the new Jim, sorry, my puppy. Um, in the, I was reading in, in the new Jim Crow um, that Michelle Alexander said this, that, and the other. I'm trying to understand this. Can someone, can we have a conversation? If we can have a conversation about something specific, that's different than just kind of being like, what do I do? Like broadly, if you're speaking so broadly, that means you haven't done the research required to have the conversation that we need as black people. So I, I think that like for everyone, it's just- educating. I think that has for the first time really, really come across in a widespread way, what you just said. I think when, you know, Ferguson happened, that was a big, 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 whatever we call inflection point or flashbulb, I don't know. But uh, that, was, that wasn't everyone, you know, and, and Donald Trump, and like somehow like people still were able to like not, they were able to just like live their lives without having to think about this. Right. But I think recently, like everyone had to face it in some way and ask themselves and a few, their trusted whoever around them, what do I do? And, um, I think people now know, like, if you're asking, if your questions are that broad, read a book and right. you could find out 
what to read very easily. And yeah, and like I literally just open up amazon.com and see what's on the top 10 because it's all racism right. stuff now. <laughs> it is, that's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Um, I, I wish it was, because I wish, I wish it was as simple as that. I wish I could say that everyone's like, oh yeah, I just need to read a book now. Oh I no, that's not the solution, but I think everyone's oh, aware. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase. Not that it's the solution. I wish that people like, cause this moment feels different to me too. It's different mm -hmm. than Ferguson. It's different than um, Trayvon. It's different than all these things. But I still find that people are so lazy. They're so lazy and it makes me so sad because I, one of the things that I cultivated at Dalton and in my years since, um, I love to research. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love to read and I love to look into um, history. I love to look into, um, uh, you know, how I love to look into random things. I like, I'm like, how do I make, um, how do I roast this duck? I don't know how to roast a duck, but I'll figure it out. I'll Google it. Meanwhile, someone will type it in on like Facebook and be like, how do I roast a duck? And I'm like, look up the recipe. It's very easy. So like, the, the, like something as stupid as that, but people do that for racism. <laughs> and, and it blows my mind that they continue, like still to this day, people are asking such broad minded questions and not really getting to the nitty gritty because we're already past the broad questions of like racism still exists. That's not a question. You're still trying to question whether it exists. So moving on from that, let's get down to the prison industrial complex. Let's get down to uh, the private school uh, the private school set up in the way that it, it, it ushers black kids in, but doesn't try to retain them or to cultivate their culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get down to those kind of minutia, because if we can't get to the minutia, we will not change within our lifetime still. And I think so that's, a, I, that's a really great, not widespread framework to think about is sort of there's, there's a three-step process to the scholastic system. At least there's, getting a diverse uh, enrollment, then there's taking care of them while they're there, and then there's ensuring their prolonged success afterwards. Uh, yes. You know, it's, it's really simple if you think about it that way, that there's like one of these categories has been taken care of even because of signaling. It's, it's been, you know, it's not, it's not fully okay, but it's like good enough. It's good, good enough considering how bad it's correct right. anywhere. But like two and three are so far behind one that like I wouldn't even put the focus on one right now that one has enough room for two and three to grow up to that I would focus on two and three. Exactly. And you have such a bad, it's, it's like low hanging fruit at this point. It's like the kids are already there. Just like make them have it, like make the kid who's already graduating just graduate without like, these traumatic, awful, you know, experiences that, that diminish their lives forever and give them someone to call when they need to connect to somebody like as simple as that, you know, like you described in the beginning of this conversation, like when someone says like, Hey, who's in theater who graduated from Dalton? Cause I'm trying to get into that and there's not that many of us. So maybe you got one or two people that you can introduce me to like, no, that's easy. That's so easy. You just get, you just have like a database that you keep. That's just like general industries of your alumni with a contact 
and you send it, see if, if, if they send, they pick 10 random ones in, in theater, which there's tons from Dalton. Like one of them is going to respond and say, yes, I'd be happy to get on the phone with her. Right. And if there's just someone who has that spreadsheet, that's huge. Yeah. It's like, it's life changing. That kind of attentiveness. Um, I, you know, you can, you can speak to this. I'm sure like I had to go out of my way to figure out a lot of my college process. I had to go out of my way to really like use my wherewithal and any resources that I had at my disposal to figure out all that stuff. I, I, I figured out by myself that someone who was on Broadway in a show that I loved that I had seen a couple times that he went to Dalton and I was like, Oh my God amazing and like i facilitated that connection myself um it had nothing to do with the school i wouldn't have even known before that point um um had it not been for like me being an egghead and loving to google things (laughs) but um i had someone on the show last week who went to college with me and i didn't realize until two days ago when i was doing the little like just blurb description and i googled her just to pull it from that and then I realized, oh, she graduated from the same college as me. Wow. And we're the same age. It's pretty funny. The world is small. But they don't, they don't do that. I don't know why. It seems like that's how you build those mafias, but I don't know why they don't do it. They build the mafias for certain industries. Yeah. Um, which is sad that, again, certain industries are given credence. They're given deference like oh yes or if you're trying to get into this we know the exact person or people that you should talk to etc but when it comes to others they're like what you're trying to do what okay that's cute but we're not gonna like go out of our way to make sure that you become a titan of industry within Mm -hmm. that particular industry there's a good chunk of dalton film people i have i have a few of them not a lot, but there's yeah. there's a few. Not some a little bit of music. I don't know. I can't I can't really think there's anyone there's people who do music, no one who really does music that like I vibe with. Sure. But there's some film people that are all right. I don't know about theater. I know that they exist, but Wallace Sean, he's really the one that matters. <laughs> he's the um, best. Yeah. Cause I know uh I mean, theater slash TV, but like Tracy didn't graduate, but Tracy Ellis Ross went to Dalton. Oh, really? Yeah, Bokeem Woodbine. Bokeem Woodbine. Wait, no, I feel like now I feel like I, as you said that, like I knew this and like. Left though in high school to go to LaGuardia. Of course. Good for him. Um, So I read that and I'm like. Him and Fargo season two is like, oh my God. Best ever. I I have to start Fargo. That's one of my quarantine. Great. Um, I'll get there at some point. Um, but yeah, like, you know, there's a series of people that I know that we, once we like sit down, we're still in our infancy, you know, yeah. at Black and Elton. We're still trying to find our footing in many ways. But I think that we have, we have a lot of ideas and we've implemented quite a few of them in order to get to where we want to. It's just a matter of, um, both, both striking while the iron's hot, but also pasting ourselves and making sure that we don't lose steam 
for the road ahead because it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be hard um to it's going to be hard to deal with it'll be um, worth it though yeah it'll be well worth it it's just yeah. going to be it's just going to be you know the remainder of my quarantine is going to be spent trying to get anybody from Dalton <laughs> to uh, on the phone. Let me know how I could help if I could supposed- introduce anyone or anything like that. Yeah, I'll think about it. They're supposed to have that conference or what, I don't know what they're calling it, but the zoom on the 20th. Um, and uh, we'll see what that's about or what their intentions are with that. Cause I can't tell right now if they're mm-hmm. just wanting the trauma porn if they just want people to tell their stories again, you've already heard our stories. So now we want to hear what you're doing. That's yeah. what I think this meeting should be about. Um, what are you doing? What are the dates before the school year? What are your intentions? We need to know because um, Debbie Freeman had the audacity to tell me that she was like, well, you know, we're making some changes. The changes are going to be small. And I was like, what? Small? Before, after, after I'm done with this school, the changes will be seismic. And I don't know how long it will take, but they're going to be seismic. Because if, if, if you think that we're going to just sit and be quiet and be okay with what you're doing the way that we have for the last 10, 15, 20 years, you have another thing coming. And it, it's re- it was very key to me to hear her say that, to see where partially at some level where Dalton seems to be coming from. And that is not where, that, that is not where they will end up. Because um, mm-hmm. there are plenty who are we're, we're sick of it we've been fighting for these things for years yeah. they're acting like it just happened but people have been fighting for some of these things for for many 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 years so hopefully that changes um it is after. that is real that that mentality that oh yeah you know we're dealing with that racism thing now you know it's we, we got to see it through and uh it'll be another thing soon but like we got to do something first yeah i feel like sometimes <laughs> it's like of waiting for us to like to be tired and be like okay well I think they'll handle it it'll be fine but I don't think we'll let up I think this moment aside from George Floyd and all the rest of it but COVID because people don't have jobs or because because people are quarantined and they can work from home and all these other things people have the opportunity to Mm -hmm. just sit and be like hey you I'm holding you accountable the, those other things that you did 6 10 15 years ago they were fucked up then they're fucked up now let's fix it and really mm-hmm. hold their feet to the fire well good on you i i i, I back it and i want to help however i can and thank you for yeah. everything that you're doing and thank you to your partners and and your i don't know the whole community organization whatever um, so yeah, I'm happy. I, I learned a lot from, from listening and I appreciate that. I know that, um, a big part of, a big part of this moment is, is, you know, white people understanding that it's not the, it's not the job of, of their black friends to explain to them. So I appreciate your openness and patience and work and hope that some people listen and apply it to their world or if they're in the Dalton world you could do something about it and uh let's build a better world yeah Yeah. well thank you thank you very much it's been great it's been great hearing your story and getting to know you and I hope that we can do it back in New York uh over tea proper another time and and I want to see whatever whatever you what when you 
if you have like a mailing list or something for whenever Broadway comes back and musical theater comes back, I, I'd, I'd love to see what you're doing. Yeah, at some point, not till 2021, but <laughs> that's what I, I was. I was doing like a like an episode with a with a DJ earlier, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not touring until mid 2021 at the earliest. I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. it's so far off in my brain that I can't yeah. even like. <laughs> Well, you got you got stuff to keep you busy. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for having me. Um, I we're I'm I'm really hoping in the next like month or so that we'll have like a concrete like, hey, white friends, you've asked us what you can do. These are actual bulleted, like, boop boop boop. Right. These exact things that you can do aside from the generic like support us. Um, so I'm hoping that we have a lot of stuff coming out in the, the, the near future. Definitely sometime this year um, we'll have concrete plans. But until then, thank you so much for your time and for your platform. So and thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of the afternoon and, and thank you again. And keep me posted when you have anything that, that needs sharing or whatever needs doing. Absolutely. Thank you again. All right. Take, have a great I don't know what time it is where you are, but have a great 640. It's about to, I have my three hour long sunset that I'm about to over, uh, overlook the water. And uh, it's the best part of the day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cheers. Have a good one. Thank you. If you're watching this on video, you'll see my black glasses I'm wearing. They're by Genesee, G-E-N-U-S-E-E dot com, an eyewear company out of Flint, Michigan, founded, owned, and operated by my friend, Ali Rose. They employ the structurally unemployable locals and recently incarcerated. They are made from recycled plastic water bottles. They're the first eyewear brand in the U.S. to be completely circular economy. They donate 1% of their net proceeds to Flint Kids Fund, aiding in the long-term health and development of those affected by the Flint water crisis. I really like them. I wear them all the time. They're female-founded. They check a lot of boxes of things that I support, and they offered you guys a discount of, I think, 20%, something like that. So type in tea with SG at www.genesee.com, G-E-N-U-S-E-E.com, and get yourself a pair.